0: Oh, what's up you guys and welcome back to the Back and Bone Show. This one uh this one was a lot of fun. Uh we recorded this last week. Uh it was the first day of uh my my family vacation out to Santa Cruz. Woo I know, good times. Um so I was already in you know I, I was on a mission of self destruction. Like the whole time I was putting away uh just glasses of whiskey while matt was sitting there like a gentleman sipping on his tivana but uh uh, i want to apologize real quick when you guys are checking this out right now the first half an hour is a little bit rough um we get a lot of uh a lot of audio dropouts due to technical difficulties with um my laptop it's a kind of an old model it has a hard time supporting uh dual mics um but you know that that's what our our patron page is for. If you guys uh, want to hear us produce some some uh, some cleaner podcasts that have uh, better audio quality and less slip ups, uh, shoot us a little donation. All everything we get there is going to go to improving the podcast and making uh, putting putting funds aside for more trips so we can we can have more meetups and actually set up a better timeline for our release dates. Um, For instance, uh, this, this one, we recorded it right before the, uh, the Amanda Nunez Raquel Pennington fight, you know, so uh, we're going to talk about that and have uh, predictions and uh, expectations about that, that event. But you guys have already seen that by now. So on the next one, which comes out next week, you're going to hear our review on it. But, you know, we're a little late to the game on that. But still, uh, you guys aren't aren't coming here for news. You're coming here to hear what we have to say about shit. So that's not too bad. Uh, Most of the content on this one today is going to be a lot of uh, we're going to bounce around with a lot of a lot of movies and TV shows we've been talking about. Um, Pretty, pretty standard formula in that sense. But uh, still, it's it's again it's it's what you're doing here (laughs) um so i want to give a big uh a big shout out and a big thank you to our friend our listener and follower punker mike we really appreciate the the comments and the suggestions um gives us a lot of material to work on uh some some points to anchor with that uh, we can we can provide more content off of uh we give you about a 40 minute review on uh on slaughter high uh f- as of you know as requested by one of your uh, one of your comments so uh once again thank you for joining us sit back and enjoy the fucking show people turns all your bad
1: feelings into good feelings
0: it's a nightmare! <laughs> An Uzi? <laughs> I'm not from South Central, Los fucking Angeles. I didn't come here to shoot 20
1: black 10-year-olds in a fucking drive-by. I want a normal gun for a normal person.
0: Whatever you're reaching for better be a sandwich, because you're gonna have to eat it. You thought
1: he was white before? You just see that second now. I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand. Just...
0: Alright, so... Back in Bone, we're back again with uh, some with with some takes on uh, some requests that we've gotten recently. I want to thank Punker Punker Mike for uh your repeated input on uh, on our podcast and on yes. your yeah. Thank you for for giving us some material to work with. Yes, and uh, I want to say right out of the gate, I mean you know offense by this, but Slaughter High was <laughs> uh, was painful to my eyes and ears. <laughs> For uh, the entire course.
2: Slaughter High was indeed painful. However, it did provide me with many notes, many bullet points, a lot of material. I was telling Keith earlier, I, I actually had seen Slaughter High before. I don't think I watched the whole thing. It was when I was like 18 years old and they used to have these free movies on on demand on Comcast. And that was where I first came across it. And I remember trying to watch it when I was like 18. <laughs> and i just thought I, I didn't even get i got through maybe like 15 minutes of it and i turned it off now i, I the thing is and what I,
0: that same exact scenario literally yeah. with comcast on demand like that's yeah. what my mom had it or house i watched a lot of really bad horror Free movies. movies yeah and, and that's in case you guys don't know comcast on demand the occasional uh nicholas cage movie yeah we, occasional
2: nicholas cage if you got really lucky you might get like a weekend at bernie's or something like oh, that yeah, yeah. but you know what the, it, um, it was uh
0: it, it was in flux too they always yeah. had uh if they had a decent movie on it would be on for like a week and then there would be a right. time limit written under it i remember yeah, that yeah. Maybe they t- would tell you like, when it was gonna expire be like, this is on for five days be like yeah. oh man i gotta watch that one <laughs> yeah. yes this was uh, it's obviously, back obviously slaughterhouse the days of uh
2: of uh, you know online netflix and stuff like right. that so that was basically how you streamed stuff
0: yeah that was that was the original like on demand style viewing yeah. uh as i recall i don't, I don't remember anything I, before that i um, remember i uh i got rickrolled
2: one time on comcast on- comcast on demand the first time if you guys don't remember what rickrolling is um, I got
0: rickrolled the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so if you if you've never been rickrolled, it's the Rick Ashley never gonna give you up music video, and um, you know people would use it as a joke. They would send you a link to something you thought was gonna be cool. You click on the video, and it's Rick Ashley never
0: gonna give yeah. you up. And they would have like one slide of of the actual video right. that you're trying to watch put in strategically so that that would be the thumbnails <laughs> for the video. Right. Yeah. So you're like, all right, cool. And then it would just like open up with, yes. with uh, yeah. Well, so I got Rickrolled on
2: Comcast On Demand when I was I was going to watch an episode of it. It was that really stupid TV show. It was called Scarred. That's where, like, it's all skateboarders and bice- oh, like, okay, extreme, yeah. you know, bicyclists. They're all just, like, wiping out and mm-hmm. hitting their <laughs> Really high when I was 18, and it's Rick Ashley. I was like, what the fuck is this? I didn't even know what it was. I'd never been <laughs> Rickrolled. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. That was your first Rickroll? That was my They're... first Rickroll. I showed my yeah. brother. I showed Richard, who lived with me at the time. I was like, you guys know, what the fuck? Can you guys believe this? Yeah. I just assumed that it was like a glitch in the system. Yeah. No, it was like one dude who worked for fucking Comcast yeah, and someone, Rickrolled me. That,
0: that had to be the height of uh of the art of rickrolling because yeah. that, that was had to somebody had to infiltrate the system because typically when you rickroll that's privately organized material like YouTube right. or Daily Motion or Vimeo or something well, or it'll be like an illegal streaming thing where right, on a yeah, website yeah. and you know but that has to be posted by an individual Yeah I thought it was
2: Con- I thought it was really odd because I was like couldn't somebody like technically lose their job over this? Cause that's Absolutely. why at first Someone I just thought did. it was a glitch. But yes. then I realized like six months later after I start seeing Rick rolling online, I was like, Oh, okay. That's what that was. Yeah. So, um,
0: that was a quintessential Rick rolling. That was now so I want to, I want to take this back to uh slaughter High because yeah. we did watch it and, yeah. uh, we did promise that we would review it. Um, uh, and I think there's a lot of good things to say about it, you know? Like there is. I, I really enjoyed how uh, the entire male cast of the movie looked like uh, a poor man's Steve Perry combined yeah. with uh, every villain ever casted on a John Cusack movie.
2: Yeah, they, uh, they were, you know, the thing about Slaughter High, I want to begin by telling you guys, it has a whopping, absolutely whopping, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Well deserved. They earned every every point. Slaughter High is 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 um, you know just a really horrible, trashy horror movie at its finest. Um, It's it kind of is just it has all of the kind of classic '80s horror movie tropes all kind of rolled into Mm -hmm. one. And this movie was I just made want to let you guys
0: know you're going to get some spoilers here. Yeah, so if you yeah. haven't seen if Slaughter you're right, High, you're going to want to tune out.
2: <laughs> yes, there is there is an insane amount of tropes in this movie. So you have, you know, cocaine use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a token black guy who also happens to be the spooky school janitor. Mm-hmm. Um, female nudity, cars not starting, characters choosing to split up.
0: I, I want to reference the female nudity in this one. Uh, yeah. You know, like the '80s was very hit or miss with their uh, with with their horror movie nudity. Yeah. Uh, now this one, we had a uh, we had a girl melting in a bathtub filled with acid, and I she like had some some real uh, real elf shoe <laughs> <like, laughs> teacup sized boobies. You know, like they where they curl back yeah. and the nipple kind of points towards the I, ceiling. I, like.
2: I I personally was a little disappointed with the nudity in the movie, um, because. There was the one chick that really she was the main character carol mm-hmm. she was by far the best looking oh, one and she had, and she's the only yeah. one who
0: didn't get nude sure and she had those those like banging titties you could see them like through the shirt too, she was like, very good looking yeah. and when i first saw carol um it was
2: during the high school scene where they're bullying yeah. our, our main uh, protagonist marty and I was thinking to myself, like she's got to be the oldest fucking looking high mm-hmm. school student. I mean, now horror movies always do this. They they make jokes about it in scary movie where you know they'll they'll cast um, yeah. way older people to play teenagers.
0: Well, movies do that in general. It's yeah, like that it's, always happens. It's a rule of, of thumb in Hollywood. Now I but, feel
2: like though uh, it's not done quite as much anymore, as bad as it, at least as yeah. or at, at least now they'll pick somebody who looks younger, but they still do it.
0: Well, it's but, a, I've, I've heard from uh, some people that act that I know that um, it's a rule of thumb in Hollywood that uh, they cast uh, 27 to 30 uh, to be, like, 17 to 18-year-olds. Is that because like, they're, like, easier to work with or something? Probably because they're easier to work with. Also because I think uh, it makes them more relatable to an older crowd. You can watch yeah. a high school movie and be like, these people are fucking my age. And, uh, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you feel more, more sociable with them.
2: Yeah, plus teenagers are just, like morons i mean i was a moron when i was a teenager and i
0: couldn't imagine being I, casted in a movie and being I, required to work i just want you to know any teenagers that are listening to this uh, <laughs> you're probably you're pr- fucking retarded you're gonna, you're gonna look at yourself shit. as a
2: moron 10 years from now yeah. too you're, gonna, from you're gonna look
0: back at yourself and you'll be like even if you're fucking writing physics papers right now you're right. still gonna look back at yourself and be like god damn what the fuck was i doing that was a fucking idiot yeah so uh, the woman
2: who plays Carol, um, out of curiosity, I was like, I gotta find out who this is. Uh, I googled her. She's like sixty-eight or sixty-nine years old now.
0: Fantastic. So that
2: means when they filmed Slaughter High in nineteen eighty-six, she was thirty-eight years old. Wow. <laughs> so they <laughs> casted a fucking thirty-eight-year-old. Pretty, pretty. But she looked yeah. really good. for I was gonna a 38 say pretty fine, pretty yeah. fine.
0: Like she looked, you know, young and tight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah and i from the beginning scene where they where they're using her to play the april fools joke on uh, right. on the nerd i was certain that she was gonna be the uh the slut character that gets yeah. murdered gruesomely like that seems exactly such what a I given thought. like that's exactly
2: that, what i thought it was a bold move you know to i gotta flip the script and yeah, make her the i gotta the say you know, girl, uh, you know. It, it, slaughter High. That might have been their most clever choice. Was to uh, <laughs> that was the biggest twist make, of the entire make movie. The seemingly slutty party girl, the final girl. Yeah. Um, what a twist! You know, uh, so they they're bullying this kid, Marty. Um, really, he's a very ambitious nerd. Very. Because Marty, he doesn't seem to be in any way, shape, or form aware that he's a nerd. He, he also
0: he seems not at all surprised that this super fine 38-year-old woman <laughs> no, is about to take him to absolutely the bathroom not. and fucking rock his world. Absolutely he's just not. down with it. Uh, like. Marty's
2: totally into it. He says he's been there before. He's done this before. Marty is a self-described sex machine. That's right. He was a um, sex machine. That's right. Uh, not only that, Marty actually, in another scene, he has a, a joint that two of the other uh, bullies pass along to him and as he's doing a science experiment he gets high with his joint using a bunsen burner um which is a
0: pretty gangster move yeah so i could (laughs) only
2: think like i said he's a very ambitious nerd is he that my question going into it was like is he
0: even really a nerd i mean what really defines a nerd the (laughs) fact that he generally looks like a nerd right yeah now i do i i want to get into this how uh how aggressive was that uh, that prank that they pulled on him in the beginning? Uh, yeah, they yeah. got him naked. They were poking him with sticks. They were poking I, him with sticks. Yeah, they, they were. They, when, okay, now I made
2: very uh, quick note of this. When they turned him upside down and gave him a swirly, classic, completely 80s, nude, nineties, completely yeah. nude, you get a straight up. <laughs> close-up shot of his anus and his taints yes. i, was I mean, gonna say no the, it's like the, up the in camera, your grill
0: the camera goes like laterally up yeah and like turns they do one downward. of those tarantino yeah. shots like you they... get you get an aerial view shot of his upside down anus yes like yeah. like if it's, if he if he relaxed well enough, you'd have been able to see through his asshole out his mouth into the toilet. It was, it was like, quite it disgusting was, Yeah. And while
2: in you know eighties movies, um, any kind of eighties horror or thriller movie, they're kind of notorious for this. Um, well, any a lot of them have these pranks in them that are just really really cruel. You know what this reminded me of? Did you ever watch Toxic Avenger? Of course. This. It's been a while. Uh, okay. am I'm, 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 I'm,
0: I'm loose on the details. This movie but...
2: reeked heavily of toxic avenger to me and i don't know i'll have to google fact check this i don't know if toxic avenger came first or not i want to say it did because this movie I think came out toxic in like, avenger was like early 80s wasn't it? it? yeah like, i think it came out
0: in 80s this movie really really reeked of toxic avenger to me uh it, it, the, uh, would you say by the um, just the by vi- the types of violence, like the way it looked? Yes, yes. Well,
2: there's a few things. I felt yeah. the
0: same way, but I didn't really like. Uh, I just, yeah, I, the, I didn't really connect the two, but I got that same the, emotion. Toxic, toxic but, Avenger was '84. Okay. Yeah,
2: it, um, yes, it, the overall vibe of the movie. Number one, um, you know, multiple scenes of just gruesome violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two a the, nerd being murdered a nerd being murdered at the beginning <laughs> of the movie which is literally the plot to Toxic Avenger yeah, and uh, him coming um, back yeah. and, you know
0: just with different background music these bo- movies basically have the they're same story they're pretty much interchangeable yeah, yeah. It, except for comes back as a mutant <laughs> I, would, the... I,
2: I would dare to say uh, that Toxic Avenger is an example of this done properly I because um, I, I love Toxic Avenger I don't know if I would watch Slaughter High again um, it, and it could be one of those things too. Like I grew up watching Toxic Avenger. Mm-hmm. I was a lot younger, um, and you know, uh, Slaughter High. I just watched for the first time at 28 years old. So that's
0: pretty tough. Yeah, that's
2: a- it's. Is I don't know if it's a nostalgia factor or what, but Toxic Avenger I think is pretty damn charming. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of similarities between the two. Um, a lot of there's just seems like bullying was really big in like 80s movies. It, it, was-, so it was. always a bully.
0: I feel like there there was this thing with that time period where, uh, you know, how we have a lot more, we have a lot more connection with uh, reality nowadays, just because we have so much. Uh, that, that might be a bad way of putting it, but we have so much uh, social media that we have yeah. more person to person interaction. No, like I agree. Constantly. I I see where you're so, going. Yeah, yeah it's. And I, I feel like we kind of get it now that bullying isn't really that often a real thing (laughs) it's not at least not the way
2: it's it's portrayed in those movies What you get with a lot of these movies is just and you could see it i mean it's 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 an exaggerated version of of some of these things
0: physical bullying is is very uh few and far between not that realistic I, i mean i could see like it's really rare in like the school ground yeah, school drones are very regulated.
2: Well, and that's what I was gonna say. I don't really ever remember seeing much physical bullying growing up. I mean, kids like we would all roughhouse, but I don't really right. remember seeing
0: like not like shit you see in movies where kids get like spit on mm-hmm. and swirlied and, and all but, this shit. And I I was gonna say, like, I guess the difference between uh bullying and roughhousing would be that some of the kids really wouldn't on on a uh, on a social and physical level just wouldn't be able to take the roughhousing. Yeah. But it's a good way of putting it. But we would leave them alone, mostly. Like, yeah. If you couldn't handle it, then we just probably wouldn't be friends, and that'd be about it. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I remember it. Um, there was another really funny thing that
2: happened, and it was right before they gave Marty the swirly, where when he's in the shower and he's waiting for Carol to come in, uh, somebody had graffitied in marker on the wall, uh, Marty oh, yeah, Ranson sucks. Uh, Marty, very cleverly... A, a very
0: elongated, <laughs> almost straight-line-ish... S, yeah. I would say. Well,
2: Marty very cleverly draws a line through the S to make it an F and changes it to Marty Ranson fucks. So what once again, G. going back to Marty guy. Ranson <laughs> is was he? I don't think he was ever really a geek to begin with. this This kid had some balls on yeah, him. He was
0: making moves. Um,
2: he was uh, another really funny thing that they did was after they. Um, so to set this up for you guys. Um, this Carol lures Marty into the bathroom, making him think that she's going to have sex with him. Actually what, while he's um, behind the, the shower curtain, she sneaks an entire group of her friends in there who are basically like a miniature film crew. Yeah. They had, They've got, all. Like, they had, like, they had the full setup. And, yeah. They had boom <laughs> mics. They did. <laughs> they were ready to make, I'm pretty yeah. sure
0: those were the actual cameras they used to make the movie and then they just used them as props. Yeah. They just got a, they had, they had... Somebody like somebody's cousin recording with their home video camera that scene because they needed to use the actual camera as props.
2: So she pulls the curtain back and there's Marty Stark naked while they're all filming him and they're yelling April Fools and then they all start chanting. How about the look on his face when the (laughs) the look on his face is very genuine. Like he looked mortified. Yeah, like that looked Um, like
0: what that guy probably. it, It was like not this moment of like fear or what the fuck. It was this absolute soul-crushing depression it, that it, I saw on his face. Yes. It was just like, all I could think from Marty's position right now is, I can't believe this is happening. I'm really not going to fuck that girl that I thought I was going to fuck. Right yeah, now. it was some brilliant acting.
2: Like, um, yeah. And they all start chanting, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's a uh, 1980s Burger King commercial reference. They used to have this commercial where this old lady would go, where's the where beef? Where's
0: the beef? Um. Yeah. So he gets swirly. Do you see his asshole? I wanna. I wanna mention right now. This is the point. Something about this really stuck out to me is when, when the curtain was pulled, and Marty displayed that expression of of sheer vulnerability and sadness. Uh, that's when. Some fucking bastard started reaching in with a pole and started prodding him against the wall, (laughs) his naked body against the dead. Yeah, like. Something about that was just like that was crossing the line. That's where it it, first got physical. No, I I know exactly what you're talking about because I thought the same
2: thing when I was watching it. Something about somebody kind of
0: like went between his legs, almost like they were gonna stick it up his asshole or something. Yeah, was like this is getting fucking serious. No, there there was something
2: very very. As soon as you get somebody naked and you start poking them. Yeah. Something like animal, <laughs> like it just looks it was, very intrusive. Yeah,
0: it was very like gladiator esque. Where it yeah. was, like, so the this person has been demeaned beyond like clothing. Yeah, it's been well, it, and yeah. I think it's one of those things too. It's a very like kind of graphic
2: when you just see a naked, fully naked body, and then you see the point of a stick, like just having oh, it It just looks bad. And also, um,
0: who who's holding the stick? Going like, I'm the stick guy. <laughs> when this all goes down, I'm going to be jabbing Marty against the wall. The yeah, because like,
2: you know, whoever was using that stick, they were like planning that all. Day. That was their, that was the highlight. That of their was their day. idea. They yeah. wanted to be the stick guy. Like, how about I get this fucking stick and I jab him with it? <laughs> um, Once he's naked, that'll really fucking send him over the edge. You know who was really really. Uh, funny was what was the guy skip skip was the uh kind of like the team captain the main bully the
0: the the uh steve perry looking guy yeah Yeah, yeah. he had
2: a schnoz on him and he did look like steve perry it's funny you said steve perry i described him as a poor man's adrian brody with the charm of john wayne gacy same thing (laughs) (laughs) basically steve perry but the voice of an angel (laughs) but the (laughs) voice of an angel um yeah skip was like the main bully he was uh he was a uh, very scummy kind of ratty looking guy um there were some pretty funny kill scenes in the movie um as keith already noted they had the acid bath which was uh, pretty pretty funny uh my personal favorite had to have been when the janitor gets hung by that the coat rack one. that one was actually good he um. uh However, I mean, what I wonder though, so you know what it
0: reminded me of was uh, Indefeatable or "undefeatable," "undefeatable," the 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 greatest fight scene ever.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Like, kind of, I forgot so, about that. See you later. Yeah, see you <laughs> later. Okay, if you yeah. guys haven't seen "undefeatable," the great Keith actually was the first one to show me this. <laughs> it was on YouTube. There's it's, there's probably a zillion greatest fight scenes yeah, now on YouTube. It's really but, hard
0: to find this now, but yeah. you, but the name of the movie is "undefeatable." Uh, just it's, it's hilarious yeah it's real and like, it really is the greatest fight scene ever it's i mean so, it's, i remember there there was a bunch of comments under the video of people like trying to defend it and be like like hey these guys actually show a lot of real martial arts no, i remember that too <laughs> yeah it was morons. like no guys no 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 idiot it was um, it was absolutely one of the silliest things i've ever seen it, funny what was the guy's name it was something good it was like it was like scorpion or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it I was. was. Like, See
2: you later, scorpion or something. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah,
0: something like that. Because at one point, the guy, one of the guys, gets both of his eyes gouged out. Both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he gets the <laughs> one just gouged out. And he still manages to fight, but yeah.
2: <laughs> um, well, and the thing that I thought was funny in the movie was when the janitor gets killed and he puts him on. The, it's like a coat. Yeah, clip. it's like a coat rack. He just it's hangs like a coat in rack. Yeah. But the funny part about it is. This movie was so cheap that they didn't even get like a sharp coat rack. Stingray, it, that was it. Wasn't Stingray. it? Yeah, it was Stingray? Yeah, <laughs> Stingray. Sorry guys, that was undefeatable.
0: The guy's yeah. name was Stingray. Yeah, and um, the girl, the girl is like, uh, she was like, "Keep an eye out for you, Stingray." Keep an eye out and for the other you. guy's like, "Yeah, see ya." As if he's ever going
2: to be able to do anything again after he has two eyeballs gouged out. Um, so the thing that annoyed me was that well, I wouldn't say it annoyed me. It was just kind of funny, but. Uh, in this movie, when the janitor gets killed, he hangs him up by the back of his head on like a coat rack. Hang coat Wait, rack. Yes. It's not even a it, sharp. So it's, it's like, how does that work? How do you like jam his? Uh, it didn't even make sense.
0: It's not hooked or pointed or anything. There's no. nothing like. You, I would think, like, okay, this is probably more of a modern horror movie type of thing where the, the villain's a lot more, like, prepared and right. ahead of yeah. things. I would I would expect, like, you would see a row of normal coat racks, and then there would be, like, a one that had been sharpened or been broken, or maybe the, yeah. the killer reaches and, like, snaps off right. the ball at the end yes. and then picks him up and puts him on it. That's more of, like, a see-no-evil level kind of <laughs> horror movie yeah. or something. But Yes, and uh, he... Uh, he hangs
2: him up on the coat rack, and then he takes, for just no apparent reason, he just takes his hand and he nails it to the door. Right. I was
0: wondering about that as well. <laughs> Which,
2: um. I, I did enjoy that. I liked the uh, the charm of it. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. I but enjoyed,
0: it didn't make um, any sense. I enjoyed the first kill. And now let me tell you why I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it in something of an ironic sense. Not that there was anything wrong with the kill. The first guy... Um, Shotgun's a beer. And uh the beer is a sealed can, normal can of beer, just like any other that you would shotgun. And uh he just immediately starts like looking uncomfortable, like you know, like he's about to blow some diarrhea out of his asshole or something like he's not <laughs> and everyone's just like, What's going on man? Wait, are you alright? Right, hey, what's happening? And all of a sudden he just pulls his shirt up. And his his stomach's like, and then like his guts just start exploding out of his stomach. Now, I got a couple things about this. First of all, what kind of poison makes (laughs) your, not makes your fucking stomach explode, but makes your actual, the skin on top of your stomach split open for your guts to kind of crawl out of, and then your guts
2: explode. The kind of poison that exists in Slaughter High.
0: Slaughter
2: High. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I
0: don't know, like, something about the title of Slaughter High, too. I just kept wanting to put on John Lovett's High School High. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen High School
2: High in a really long oh, time. Oh, man. I there was one thing it. that I really loved. I remember it just stood out to me as a little kid, and I thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. And uh, there, was, uh, there was, like, a American gentleman walking around, and he has, like... A design shaved into the back of his mm-hmm. head, and then there's a little toy electric car driving around the design in his haircut. <laughs> and I just always thought that was like the f- coolest thing as a kid.
0: I have a feeling that now I just always remember the dance scene. Where the guys, uh, the guys with the girls, all told me about it, baby. It's just the innocent dance, and then they just start basically fucking on the dance. Floor. <laughs> well, I have a feeling that now, though it's been a while,
2: and I would have to re-examine it. I have a feeling that uh, going back and visiting High School High it would probably be very, very un-PC because there was probably a lot of... uh... I think that's half
0: the uh, half the appeal looking back on it is yeah, from from that generation where shit was like... Way off the fucking shelf, like yeah, there, there was not the same amount of regulation in comedy that there no, is today. No, no,
2: like, because you just don't see movies like that anymore. You don't even movies to some extent, like Slaughter High. You don't see anymore. I mean, they're just you know. But uh,
0: you know what? Uh, I I really what what I will say about Slaughter High. I do miss the uh, I miss the formula. I like. Yeah. When it comes to slasher movies, when it comes to horror movies, there is a formula to them. And I I there's a reason why there's a formula. It's kind, it's a lot like what we were talking about with uh with data art and a few of our our things about how like art has a formula. Well, with slasher movies I'm not talking about, you know, the black guy dies first or the the final girl has to be the last person alive, she's the only one who can kill the killer. That's not what I mean by formula. What I mean by formula is you get a good handful of people it's probably not going to be so scary because you already kind of know a bunch of people are going to get killed that's not the point of a slasher movie the slasher movie is not supposed to make you scared slasher right. movie is like it's it's the horror horror equivalent to an action movie yeah it's supposed I'm, to be fun yeah give me different creative ways that everybody's getting killed and yeah. kill a lot of people yeah, that's that, that's yeah, my formula. That
2: would be one complaint that I have about Slaughter High. It, you got to be patient. It
0: takes a while mm-hmm. to get heated up. Oh man, a you, long you time.
2: Got, you got like about forty-five minutes in before you get your first kill.
0: But it maintained the formula. There was a it handful did. of people, and you know, pretty much everyone in this group is getting killed. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it definitely stuck
2: to the formula for the most part. It did stray yeah, away I'm, in some instances, but they all. Do that in their own way, just a little bit.
0: I'm not saying movies like that need to uh, win awards or anything. I'm no. just saying, like, we need them. We need new ones. We need them made regularly. <laughs> and that's yeah, it. and you know, it's. Uh,
2: I uh, what? How did you feel about the uh, the actual killer's outfit in the movie? Oh, awful!
0: <laughs> <It was laughs> pretty First horrible. All, not 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 in any way scary. It was no. an, it was a mask of an old man, but not like. I'm not like a sinister, dangerous old
2: now, there was one thing I liked about the jester's hat, so it was an old man's face with a jester's hat. Um, and every time he would come up behind somebody, these bells would make a little jingle. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of clever. It was kind of funny, but at the same time, from a practicality standpoint, it's just about the least functional and worst killer mask you could have, because you're basically warning everybody every time it's you come. Fucking jingle. Like little jingles.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like you have uh, a fucking alarm bell attached to you. Yeah.
2: So that was really stupid. So guess what? Here um, to kill you. Ring ring ring. One ring, one ring. other thing that I noticed, and I wouldn't be able to break it down like I don't know anything about the way things are filmed and the the, uh, the particulars of that, but there just seemed to be a general lack of
0: suspense on everything that happened in the movie. It really gave me that, uh, that um, sort of in-line series of events kind of feel, where yeah, it wasn't could... really like... That there was no... Um... There was no story between point to point. It was just like this person's getting killed, and uh, everybody's they, talking about it. They and did. They did killed. try to sneak in a little bit of that with like. I, I mean, but it whether, was so poorly well, done that whether, it, whether they tried or not, I'm not really talking about what they actually did. I'm talking about just the f- general feel of it. it right. Was like, yeah. There was no, it was by the numbers. Yeah, you there, didn't. Yeah. There was no substance between. No. Uh. Between scenes. Yeah, you know, it didn't like,
2: feel like there was consequences for
0: like anything. Yeah, like, like people I mean, get, it was just like people well, that person was just a just non-movie. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: exactly. I actually made a note of that. Um and one of the notes I made was even after all their friends have been murdered, they still have sex while the tractor's being fixed and just party. They just yeah. continue to party and drink beers and they're like, "Well, so and so's dead now, but I guess we're going to hang <laughs> over it." Yeah, and they uh <laughs> one of the couples is uh not a couple actually but they uh they're like they're um they're hooking up and uh the the boyfriend the girl's boyfriend is off or husband or whatever he is he's off fixing the tra- the tractor that they're going to try and escape on it was a tractor right Where Did uh, I, get any, that right?
0: Uh, I I want to ask you guys uh as an audience and you as well Matthew mm-hmm. have you ever uh, driven a tractor before The one thing about tractors, full speed, you're getting, like, a little bit a little bit slower than a light jog. Like, <laughs> you're going pretty fucking slow I, on a tractor. Yeah, I've
2: never driven a tractor myself, but I assumed, from an outsider's perspective, yeah. that they do not go very fast. No, they do not go um, fast. So I, they would probably be better off, just as a group, running <laughs> together, away... Yeah. But instead, they completely split up. They decide to have one dude fix the tractor that they're gonna escape on, and the other guy, his supposed friend, goes and bangs his wife on the bed upstairs. Uh, midway through banging the wife, uh, they get electrocuted on the bed. Could have been. It was an okay kill. It wasn't like anything super cool.
0: Yeah, the yeah, I remember that that scene. And uh... now there there's certain kills that. They don't really inspire any kind of feeling uh, for me when it comes to slasher movies, um, and that's because it doesn't really show me anything. Electrocution is one of them. Yeah. Unless you're doing one of those really intense, vicious electrocution where like the eyeballs pop out and like you know yeah. you see their teeth get turned into fucking popcorn and shit. Like when when it gets very graphic, then I can appreciate that. But um, when it comes to slasher movies, if you just have someone get killed by them getting stabbed or getting their throat cut or them getting electrocuted, it's just like... it's Have like a fucking imagination. Yeah, it's like anything else. It's movie. just a
2: general lack of creativity. Uh, and uh, that was kind of what that was. Now, the one that I did like better than that was while the other dude is downstairs fixing the tractor. Um, the killer comes up and he starts the little rototiller propeller fucking thing on the bottom of the tractor he drops the tractor on him and it just like grinds up the dude's See, legs that, and... that's one i like yeah, oh, yeah I... Th- that one was kind of cool um as far as kills go those were the major ones um there were some other funny tropes like carol gets confronted by marty and uh, it's after she's like the only one left alive and she hits him in the face with a baseball bat and drops him, then hits him again, but then she drops the baseball bat right in front of Marty and runs off. Yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> so that's it's pretty like generic. Super uh, generic trope. Sorry,
0: pretty, pretty standard. Uh, hurt the killer, don't kill the killer, leave the weapon yeah. with the killer. With the that's killer. like... Alright, that's not even just like... I'm scared, so I wasn't thinking. That's just complete lack of sense. That's, that's just not even laziness. common sense. Yeah. That's just like... I'm, I got a gun with six rounds in it. I'm going to shoot this guy once. He goes down. I'm going to put the gun in his pocket, and I'm taking <laughs> off. Like, why would you do that? Pretty much. And when you watch the movie, that's exactly what it looks
2: and feels like. Um, probably the most clever point of the movie for me was towards the end when Carol, as we said before, was, so we think, the only one left alive. And then Kip, Skip, she's running from Marty, the the killer then skip the other lead bully comes walking down the hallway and carol axes him in the face thinking it's marty uh i very, really uh very
0: the strangers yeah i like
2: that because it was a nice little except it wasn't
0: an axe it was a shotgun but you know <laughs> yeah
2: and that was just about the most clever thing the movie did yeah. um Another big mistake I feel like the movie made was they gave you way too much in the way of, like, exposing the killer. Like, they show you too much of the killer. Like, Marty full-blown takes off his masks and mask and looks right into the camera. And, you know, what made... Like, you take a movie... I, like I, how,
0: I, I would say they did that just too early. Yeah, uh, too, too early. Too well, too early, early because... Um, You got to show the killer. You got to
2: show the killer, but it's got to be done in the right way. You know, it's like like in mystery. It has to be mysterious. In Halloween,
0: when they do it, you get it like a glimpse of
2: Michael Mm. Myers' face. And oh no, yeah, that that
0: was different because uh, that was different because that was a lasting iconic figure. Right? Yeah. Uh, You and you only got like a flash. of Yeah, and and
2: that's how it should be because you want to be part of what's scary about it is you're imagining Mm. what's behind the mask.
0: You're you. What it really is, even no matter what. What quality of makeup No matter what quality of graphics Whatever creativity That the, the creator has um, It's never going to be Scarier than your imagination Because your imagination just can't quite put a finger On it, what you're seeing yeah. If, exactly. they, if they provide the mystery And they provide the The fear and the Substance to be afraid of Your brain will do the rest
2: You know, it reminds me of this story that, uh, on this documentary about Wes Craven that I was watching. And there was a story that he tells about how he first got the inspiration for, uh, Freddy Krueger to create that character. And he said it was when he was like a little eight or nine year old kid. And he was looking out his window and there was a guy walking down. He was in a two story, you know, house. And, uh, it was right before bedtime and he's looking out a window and there's a guy walking down the street. And he said that as the guy, the guy was wearing a big, uh, trench coat and he had a hat on kind of like how the Mm -hmm. hat Freddie wears he said the guy was walking down the street and he said the guy stopped and he just slowly turned and looked up at him in his window and he said he could barely see the guy's face and the guy's eyes but he said the guy had a little smile on his face and he said his entire life he had nightmares about it and he always remembered that and when he was coming up with the freddy Krueger character that's kind of what he based it on was this this mysterious kind of shadowy figure Who just kept, there was almost like a, he said because the guy smiled, he kind of knew that he was scaring the kid and it was like there's this weird kind of sense of humor to it, you know?
0: Sure. Well, yeah, uh, who wouldn't be scarred for life by that (laughs) and potentially turn into the kind of sick bastard that would present the world with a movie like They and Cursed. Indeed. Yeah. His, uh, that was, I feel like those two were his way of getting back at the world. S- Cursed was. Well, how did you feel about Cursed? It fucking sucked. That's it what sucked. I- yeah, it sucked. Now,
2: it was weird. I watched Cursed when did it came out in like 05 or 04 or something like that, yeah. early 2000s. And I remember watching it when it first came out because that was me at like my peak of like comic book and horror movie fandom. You know, I was like a sure. major geek stage at that point. So I was so excited when a new Wes Craven movie came out. And then I went and saw it, and I was pretty disappointed. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I rewatched it later on, and I still thought it was pretty bad, but I remember finding it not as bad as I remember. Like, it was still bad, but I was able to, I think at an older age, I was able to pick out more clever things within it. But it's still pretty fucking horrible.
0: Don't sure. Don't, sure. I don't, mean, don't like, me if you want to watch it really analytically, like, the thing is, uh, Wes Craven is an intelligent guy. He's a good director. Yeah. Uh, he he knows his craft. He knows what he's doing. But the thing is, he also kind of phones it in at times. Have you ever seen the movie? They. It's been a while for me, but <laughs> they. When did that come out? I don't think I've seen that. I think they was like. Uh, 2002. Okay, there you go. Thank oh, you. I do remember this. I just How pulled it up. How fucking right god awful was that movie? Basically, it's a, it's, it's like, it's all lead up. It's like a British horror movie. It's all lead up and then no fucking nut. And the, it's like a. Uh, people are just scared for some reason they're like they're watching us they know they know i do do remember this what Uh, happens in the end is uh nothing happens nothing you
2: you know this reminds me of there was a whole string of movies that and i i don't want to put it in the same category as like the ring or something like that but i personally was never like a huge fan of the ring okay um I got it. I don't know why. Like, I just never was into that, whatever genre of horror you want to call that. I don't know what subcategory that would fall into Japanese horror. Yeah. I was never too Japanese ghost story. Now, but I have seen clips from the original Ring that I thought were pretty creepy and pretty scary. Um, the Japanese version, yeah. but uh the the American one that came out, like I tried watching it and I just couldn't, and I haven't gone, this is when I was like 12 or 13 and like I said I was majorly into slasher movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that, so who knows, if I went back and watched The Ring start to finish now I might find it a lot scarier, but I would say probably
0: not at this point, but um, I, 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 I I got The Ring, like I didn't, I wasn't super freaked out by it, I didn't, uh I didn't love it or hate it. I just kind of was... Uh, it, it was referred to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I watched I wasn't really disappointed. I was like, yeah, this is... It's a creepy thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would talk to other people. They'd be like, I just fucking kicked that little girl. It's like, well, that's not the point, dude. <laughs> dude. Not, like, yeah, yeah that, it's, it's, I definitely didn't look at it like that. Yeah. That
2: kind of just is really stupid. Yeah.
0: Um, well, all in all... Uh, Oh, the one, the one point, the one thing I I did want to reference on Mm -hmm. uh, on um, the on the uh, Slaughter High thing before we finally get off this for good. I know we've been going for this for almost forty minutes. We've been running on Slaughter High. I got this really odd uh, vibe at the end where where he's dressed up as the nurse, where Marty is is. the killer after he's already been you know dealt with and the survivor is in the uh, in the hospital room and I see him and and the the doctor comes in and Marty's in there dresses the nurse it really reminded me of Dark Knight Rises there was like I, a knew, super- I knew-
2: oh it totally felt it was way. very reminiscent of Heath Ledger. Uh, the yeah, hospital scene there with, a, uh, a, with Two-Face even, and the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, even it, the way
0: he was dressed. But it almost seemed like they melded the character of Two-Face and, uh, and Joker. I, you know what? Because,
2: I, I, I didn't even think of it from that perspective yeah, at all. Because
0: he had a split face where he was half burnt. And for absolutely no reason at all, after he stabs the doctor in the eye with the syringe... And doesn't proceed to kill the victim in the bed, no. which is was the whole reason he was there in the first place. He grabs his own face, looks at the camera and begins to peel off the burned flesh while staring at you right in really... the camera yeah, Right in the camera yeah
2: it, it was uh, it was a very odd choice. I uh, am curious to know what was going through the uh, director's head when they made that decision.
0: Um, but there was something about it. I think it might have just been the uniform, the nurse no, uniform No, it looked I, I, very I, similar to no, Dark it looked Knight, looked Just Rises. like
2: that. Before the words even came out of your mouth, I was already thinking the mm-hmm. same thing. It, it looked. But just,
0: you also know that I'm a fucking like Joker, fucking fan yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, and, and too, but, so but, like, but I was yeah. thinking the same. Of course, exact I'm going to associate it. It. <laughs> it looked.
2: It did. It looked just like the Joker in the Dark Knight. It was like it was. It was spot on. Um, Yeah, very odd choice to uh, end the movie on
0: that note, but it seemed like it wasn't going anywhere at that point. It was like, is he gonna kill the person in the bed or fucking not? (laughs) Yeah, it was strange to say the least. Uh, I'd be curious
2: to know, Punker Mike, if you have any uh, maybe critiques on our critique. If there was anything we missed, or maybe any things that we uh, we might have misjudged, or we might have. um, Can you judge our judgment? (laughs) Can you judge our judgment, Punker Mike? Punker Mike. I'm not saying that uh I'm not saying that Slaughter High is bad, but I'm kinda saying it's
0: bad. I'm not saying that Slaughter <laughs> High sucked. The universe is. <laughs> okay. The way that the way Rotten that Rotten Tomatoes yeah, is. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't approve. No. Once again, thank you for uh, providing us with uh, subject material. We really I, I, didn't I have I, a lot of fun yeah,
2: reviewing I, it.
0: I genuinely enjoyed uh, critically watching this and looking forward to discussing it on here as you can see we went 40 minutes talking about this fucking movie it's it we did not just do it in passing this was uh it's and it's you know what i've noticed it's a lot more fun reviewing bad movies than it
2: is good movies. fuck yeah it is it really (laughs) is um you know one quick thing i wanted to note too is that there was this whole there was a lot of other ones but there was this whole kind of sub-genre of these uh these 80 movies like slaughter high that took place in high schools and the other one i remembered seeing i remember seeing like you know vhs covers for him all the time when we Mm -hmm. were kids at blockbuster but there was another one that i had seen it was called return to horror high that came out in like 1987 and it had george clooney in it and he played the cop in the movie (laughs) and i remember i rented it one time and i was like is that fucking george clooney and yeah it was a young george clooney um dude if i (sighs) which you know what it made me think of though is that George Clooney um, would later do, you know, well, in 1987. That came out, and then he would do From Dusk Till Dawn. When did From Dusk Till Dawn come out? Like 95 or something, 96, maybe. It was
0: mid 90s at some point. I don't know specifics. I fucking
2: it's. love From Dusk Till Dawn.
0: Fuck yeah! I still to this day love From Dusk yeah, Till Dawn. It's one know, of you few- know. Hey, you want to know one big reason why Dusk Till Dawn holds up? And I fucking preach this in movies all the goddamn time. Puppets, not CGI. Yep. Fucking Absolutely. puppets, not CGI, motherfucker. Yep. You're, gonna, you're Your movie's going to last longer. Exactly. Yeah, and From Dusk Till Dawn is one
2: of those rare... There's a few horror movies that I'll watch, like, every year on Halloween. I know, you guys watch horror movies in the month of October.
0: Um, I fucking do. But, Fuck yeah, I guys. always will I'll make it a point
2: to watch some of my favorites uh, in October. And one of the ones I'll always go back to is From Dusk Till Dawn... Usually, I'll watch the first scream. Usually, I'll watch like Reanimator. Reanimator's is a
0: good one. You know what? Yeah. I, I, I didn't watch Reanimator for the first time until like two years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I was just like, how the fuck have I never watched this before? And Re-animator, I watched all of them. You know what? The,
2: no, I'm kind of on the same boat because I didn't watch Reanimator for the first time until I was like, probably like four years ago, maybe. Um, so it was fairly recent, and I remember always it was one of those movies that I didn't see growing up, but I always was telling myself, "Oh, I need to watch Reanimator." I, I need know, to watch same, it. same. And I just never got to. And it. I was like, and "This I finally is a... watched it." Yeah. And I was like, "Holy shit! This is like one of the best horror movies ever. It's fucking it's fucking incredible. perfect. It gives you and
0: all of the Reanimators were like that." I know. I, I
2: I actually haven't gone and watched Reanimator two or the the brand oh you should man all of them are good yeah they're
0: all the same like I, as soon as I watched Reanimator. I was like, well, now I gotta watch the rest of them. And it oh, was de- just like, yeah. And there
2: for those of you that haven't seen Reanimator, I mean that's we can we can break that down on an entire separate episode. Yeah, we could spend a whole it's fucking rich day Rich with
0: content. Rich with content and also uh, very enjoyable for a fucking empty headed watch. Like if you yeah. you could just shut down fucking get high as fuck and just watch Reanimator and you're gonna have a good time. It's yeah. Uh, fucking syringes filled with bright green goo and fucking <laughs> monsters coming to life and like, dude, I it, it's a lot of fun. Like, it is. Absolutely. And that that actor, I don't know his name, but I've seen him in a thousand different things. The he guy played, who plays, yeah, the guy, the, yeah, the, the, main guy, guy the guy who plays the doctor. Oh um, yeah, what the fuck is his name? Yeah, uh, his I've name? seen him in so many different things. I saw him play Edgar Allan Poe in a short film one time. Oh, and that really? was. He was on Masters of Horror, and it was uh, it was The Raven, I think. Was oh, the, Herbert
2: West was his name in the movie. But the guy who plays Herbert West is, what is it, Bruce Abbott, I think? I don't know. No, but, it's uh, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, that Jeffrey guy has Combs? man. Yeah, he was in, uh, he's from Oxnard seriously yeah oxnard dude. i've seen
0: that guy in so many different things and uh he was yeah he he's got quite
2: the uh filmography here this guy's been in fucking everything yeah he he was on uh
0: what is that movie uh with uh michael j fox screamers or something like that oh the frighteners the frighteners there we go it's so funny that you mentioned the screamers was uh was peter weller excuse me yeah i didn't (laughs) even realize
2: that was him in the frighteners wow You know, what's funny is uh, it's funny you mentioned the Frighteners because I was just thinking about the Frighteners the other day and I was going to make a note. Jake for life, baby. I (laughs) almost actually, I almost reviewed the Frighteners. I was planning on reviewing the Frighteners on my uh, review page. Uh, cuz The Frighteners for those of you guys who haven't seen it is fucking awesome. That's like one of the most underrated horror movies to come out of the and it's like it's,
0: it's a very it's a very Michael J Fox horror movie. It's yes. very light, it's funny, it's fun, but it's also a horror movie. Like people get fucking murked on this shit. Yeah, like... no, it's the,
2: it's the perfect mix of it's the perfect, it's a movie that you, it's a horror movie that you can go and like take your it's, kid it's, to see, but like you're going to enjoy it too.
0: It's like a Beetlejuice level horror yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. Like people get killed and shit, but it's like, there isn't really extreme violence or anything. It's a little lighthearted. It's a great fucking movie. And it
2: was, uh yeah, it was Michael J. Fox, you know, close to the peak of his powers. I remember like right after this, I think was when he got diagnosed with Parkinson's yeah. and they, he you know, he had to take a back seat a little bit um, yeah but uh yeah P- peter jackson directed it Was um, it was a peter jackson movie i didn't peter know jackson. that yeah i could see it though um, i
0: could see it all the landscaping and everything yeah, i, I like, remember yeah, seeing this came out shots.
2: In, this movie came out in 96 i remember seeing this and uh, i remember seeing this in that old movie theater that they had in the mall that little mm. tiny one upstairs
0: yeah the one that turned great. into the uh the laser yeah laser, uh laser, laser rink yeah that didn't yeah. last long huh no no i remember one time uh i went to a uh i went to a rave there
2: really yeah. the laser
0: ring yeah dude they had raves there it was funny like they, they so actually had people do of...
2: just like take ecstasy yeah, before they take go fucking in and
0: molly and you go fucking party at the and that but wow. you know what like it it made sense because they had different djs in the in the different like uh arenas yeah so you go outside you buy some molly off someone, yeah. you go back inside, and you just trip your fucking balls off going from out, from rink to rink. Whatever. You know, I,
2: I remember I saw a concert there one time, actually, when yeah. I was, like, 16, and it was, like, so lame. It was, like, a heavy metal show. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was so stupid, though. Uh,
0: but, yeah, powerful laser Dude. rink, no longer with us. Dude, I, no shit. Everyone was super fucked up That like... Uh, and you'd think like a place like Santa Maria, there'd be a handful of fucking hipster kids out there just hanging out like, oh, it's a rave, you know, you don't gotta be on drugs to go to a rave. I could right. I could see that happening. But like the hallways between the arenas, there was like <laughs> there's people just like sprawled out on the ground with uh, with black lights and like people just <laughs> drawing on them with black lights. Was there like and shit. anybody
2: there to regulate that? No!
0: That was so, what was so cool about how, it. there was how, it was like fucking Coachella. Just how? Who? Who organized? Smaller. How did this
2: work? Who organized the rave? I mean, I don't know. I don't huh. remember.
0: I, there was something on a flyer somewhere. Did you
2: have to like pay to get in,
0: or? Yes, it okay. was like, but it was cheap. It was like ten bucks to get right. in. So
2: somebody organized it and put it together. It yeah. was like it wasn't just like the owner's kid who was like, "Hey guys, come to my fucking rave." Or, <laughs> that's <laughs> no. what I was picturing no, in no, my no, head. No, like some sixteen-year-old. No, it, it was
0: an absolutely professionally put together rave. Like mm. in retrospect, now that you kind of like are looking at me like I'm a crazy person, I'm realizing <laughs> how like how good of a rave this actually was for a santa maria the, at the laser tag place. if there's anybody out
2: there listening to this who went to this rave or has any more information on the rave please feel free to drop us yeah some, uh,
0: drop us some lines and let us know leave uh, us a comment if you know anything about this rave yeah. uh it was probably between the year of 2009 and 2010 sounds about right yeah it was uh when i was living in santa maria uh, I remember I was working at the Jet Center because um, because I'd come. I just got home from work and I was like, I'm so tired. My life sucks, and I don't want to go to the rave. And my brother's like, Listen, take this, and you're huh? gonna want to go to the rave. And I was like, ugh okay you were i took it and i was like yes i'm gonna go to that ring. <laughs> you were you were tired all the time when you worked at the jet Dude, center Dude, i fucking hated it my that, life that was, was a horror.
2: i remember i applied for a job once at the jet center did I you remember, <laughs> yeah i remember i went Dude, in
0: it's like one of the few places somebody can go like actually make like work a lot and make a lot of money yeah know? i like, well, i
2: remember you started working there and then uh I remember you were telling me to go apply and then I finally went and applied. I probably
0: wanted you to apply just cuz I wanted a fucking friend to work B- with probably. Like. <laughs> I mean, hey, that would
2: make sense. Um, but this was back when how oh, fuck, I must have been like 20 years old at the time. Um, but uh yeah, yeah I was that's I right. it was about 20, I, I, 20 21. Yeah, I never got a call back. I may not have been
0: qualified to work at the Jet Center. <laughs> Dude, they they fucking hired whoever there. It was super random. They were like Oh, so you know what? I remember, okay,
2: now this brings, okay, so I remember I was working at Lassen's, and I worked with Craig at Lassen's. I remember
0: that, yeah. And then I remember Craig got
2: hired at the jet center, Yeah. and then Craig was the
0: reason. Craig got me fired. (laughs) Fucking Craig. And then then like a month after Craig got me fired, first of all, I'm not even going to tell you guys a story until I throw a little background on you. Airplanes are expensive. I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. Every piece of an airplane is super expensive. And the work being done on airplanes is even more expensive. Mm. Craig, after he got me fired with an immaculate record. (laughs) I have an immaculate record. Uh, I have an immaculate record. Uh, Fucking like Alec Baldwin. Uh, Craig gets me fired and then like two weeks afterwards is towing a fucking plane and crashes it into a wall what <laughs> Craig if you're listening to this and I hope you are man you crashed a
2: fucking plane into a wall holy shit how does that happen
0: uh, it's actually very easy you have to be really careful when you're towing jets uh-huh. uh, you are always supposed to have a what's called a, a wing walker uh-huh. a wing walker is somebody who literally walks alongside of the wing and, make, and has a view of the tail and has a view of the, the wing and they stand to the side that's closest to the wall. Okay. All right. So you can see the wall on one side as the as the tower, and uh, the wing walker can see the wall on the other side. Mm-hmm. So they give you a thumbs up, and then they give you a palm when uh, it's time to stop. Like, okay, you're getting close. Stop. Right. You know, or they give you a fist. Stop. Uh, and. Well, I don't work there anymore, so I towed shit without a wing walker all the fucking time. I was a gangster on that fucking... Uh... Yeah, dude. Without... It's like working there's... out
2: without a spotter.
0: Dude, I was... Uh, I. There was one time... Actually, literally the day before I got fired, I had a fucking... Uh, I had a... My whole, like, runway area was covered in fucking planes. And a bunch of shit happened. I don't remember why. We had uh, We had a new girl working. Mm-hmm. She left and i was alone she was like on a on a fueling job or something and i was like i was alone there this is a few years ago so the details are a little hazy but i remember we had a we had a g5 we had a couple of cessnas like we had a uh, citation had jet. A g5 yeah we had a g5 wait a minute like g5 from tropic thunder yeah tom cruise is yeah. like g5 play it might have been a g4 it might have been a g3 but they're the same size so like i basically yeah. that was so we had one of those uh, but I, I think it, I think it might have been a G five. It was it was a big one, um, and uh, so the girl and I'm trying to get out of there on time. You know, like we got shit that we got to do, and we have a plane coming in at like four a.m. the next day. And I don't like I'm 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 getting this shit fucking set up. Right. right. Yeah. so. The girl's on a fueling. It's like 8.30 at night or something like that. And so I just went out and I just fucking handled business. I had to move all these planes around. So I had to pull, like, the Cessnas out. And then I had to pull the G5 out and put it in the corner. And I basically just, like, packed this place down. Like, I just consolidated, like, six different airplanes without a fucking wing walker or anything. I was fucking gangster. And then I came in the next day and my boss was like, Keith, can I see you in my office, please? (laughs) I'm all... He fucking saw on the cameras that I wasn't walking with a wing (laughs) walker.
2: So was he, was that why you got
0: let go? Was he pretty? No, no. The reason why I got let go was that like a week before something like that, I told Craig, I was like, Hey man, uh, you're done. I just got to do the paperwork. You can bounce if you want. I'll just clock you out when, uh, when, uh, time comes. He came in like however many days later and just felt so compelled that he had to confess that I clocked him out twenty minutes after he was supposed to be off what? work. He and broke, it was he broke. That's like the number.
2: Oh my god! Dude,
0: and then uh, my I don't want to use the
2: man code reference, but come on. But man. that was
0: man code as fuck. But yeah. my boss is like, uh, my boss is like, well, it's protocol. It's on the books. You know, you can't do that. That's stealing. I was like, okay, so my fired and. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a matter of like three dollars or something like that. Holy but I was shit. I was fired for technically for stealing because of that. So that's awesome. Wow. Um. But yeah, super funny. But that's that's my that's my Jet Center story, uh, with Craig, well,
2: Craig, Craig. You ended up crashing a jet into a wall not too long after that. So <laughs> so,
0: so I heard. If you uh, are hearing this right now, that was a story. Wrong, I don't yeah. know if that's true. I but wish it, we could
2: have callers. So yeah. Maybe Craig could call in it, and go, Hey, man, I didn't crash any <laughs> fucking jets You guys in are walls. slandering you my good name, straight, man.
0: <laughs> man. No, uh, from, from a reputable source, that's why I, I heard uh, Craig Craig crash the plane. Um, but... I was super stoked to be out of there. When I got fired, I was so fucking jacked. I was like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, because what kind of hours, what kind of hours did you work there? You had some crazy uh, hours, right? 5 a.m. to 1, but you usually have to come in early because like a plane would be coming in early and we'd have to be there to, to marshal it in. So what would be the earliest you needed to get there? Anytime. I, I worked a, a 24-hour shift one time fuck uh yeah that's miserable because i i closed and then i was supposed to be opening the next day uh closing is at nine um but you like literally it's no matter what time a customer comes in you someone has to be there for that you know like um we are we were like full service we were, we were a full service concierge for for private aircraft
2: so private aircraft uh so did you ever see any celebrities while you were there
0: uh angelina jolie uh she flew a diamond air she that's a big celebrity yeah angelina jolie had a diamond air she flew it in there i didn't see her personally but she i saw her diamond air little little uh uh little no prop um tiny little fucking airplane but it's still a jet engine I wonder what, what was she. So was it like a connecting
2: flight or something like like? No, no, no,
0: doing? no, no. Uh, this was the private side of the airport. No, no connecting flights. Like you fly where you're going.
2: Oh, okay. Like, uh, but I mean, would she stop to like? Because why the fuck would she no, no, be no, no, in her, Santa Maria? Her, would she just stop just to like get refueled or like well, for maintenance you, you know, or shit like that? You know or?
0: who had a who had a jet hangered in my in. their they had their jet in my hangar. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Chuck Roven? Who's that? The producer for the Dark Knight movies. Oh no way! Yeah, Charles Roven. Wow. Oh, okay, I, now twice I, okay, a now. week he'd fly to Van Nuys from. Wow. Uh, yeah, twice a week at four a.m. I'd always have to get up early on Chuck Roven days and wow. uh, go go get go fucking uh, get his jet out of the hangar, fuel it up. So his pilot. Uh, Did you was, guys get tips? No. Oh, well, we were supposed to get tips, but nobody fucking tips us. These are rich people that we're talking about. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, dude. You got a like, fucking
2: private jet, and you can't even cheat the... We had one dude who... What like... if he was like, hey, Jet Boy. Hey. Hey, Jet Boy. Hey, Jet Boy. <laughs> Don't spend Take it all bags. in one place, is Jet like, Boy. I'd
0: be, if he gave me fucking anything, I'd have been stoked. I, I'd yeah. probably say it. I'd have been like, this is a dollar from Batman. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, no. uh, Chuck Roven... Uh, very polite. I'm not going to say anything bad about the guy. He was actually, uh, as far as a lot of uh, the jet jet center customers would go, Chuck Roven was pretty cool. Um, I I got to drive his car frequently. Mm. Uh, not a special car. It was a fucking Chevy Silverado that because mm. uh, he had a he has a horse ranch in Pass Robles. So if uh. any of you guys want to scour the horse ranches and find Chuck Roven, that's where he is. Get out there. Mm. Go find him. <laughs> No, um, cool guy. He was always very polite to me. Uh, it, he had a little Jack Russell Terrier. We mm-hmm. fly with him. That was uh, that was a cool dog. Um, what else? Uh, Dexter Holland from uh, from The Offspring. Oh wow! He had a citation jet that yeah. uh, had a big anarchy symbol on. Because wasn't he the from like link. Santa
2: Barbara or something like that? I think
0: so. Yeah, I think he was fairly local. He's a, he's a Californian.
2: You know what's uh, he? He's got some really interesting. Uh, have you ever read read up on his background? No, he's but, like a chemist or something like that. He? He's apparently Dexter Holland from the frontman of the Offspring. The lead singer is like a super. I'll Google that right now. But apparently, he's like a really fucking smart guy. And he he like, seems
0: like it. He's got that. He's got that like kind of uh, dorky kind of like way of. Yeah, he, he, he graduated in
2: 1984 as class valid Victorian. He was during his high school. During high school, Holland was the best student in mathematics mm-hmm. in his year. What a gentleman. Wow. Oh, and so he ended up going to uh, USC where he earned a BS degree in biology and a master's earned a bullshit de- <laughs> degree in, so it and it a done. master's degree in molecular biology and commenced a PhD in molecular
0: biology What the fuck isn't that fucking yeah, crazy You know the Offspring was like my first band that was like the first band i listened to Well I, they were the they were like there was a period of time where the <laughs> Offspring was the only band that i liked well, little did you know, he's a genius. He's
2: a fucking uh, genius. Uh, he, Holland was a doctoral student in the Laboratory of vi- uh, Viral Oncology and Proteomics Research. Um, oh, no shit. Tech School of Medicine. I don't where even he know was, what
0: proteomics means. Yeah, where <laughs> he was
2: supervised by Professor uh, Saraya Rashid in 2013. Ah, Soraya Rashid. He, in 2013, and the work he's done. He, uh, Holland and co-authors published a paper in... Uh, PLOS1 regarding microRNA and HIV genomes. Uh, I could go all on. They Can have we a whole call him Dr. It.
0: Holland? <laughs> I think we could.
2: I think we could. I love
0: it. So, uh,. It, it so makes I, me feel a lot better about being a fucking fan of The Offspring. Like, hey, yeah. everybody out there, listen to The Offspring. Get a little smarter. All right? hey, you know, that those uh, first few albums they came
2: out with were really good. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, I got their... Uh, Smash,
0: Self-Titled, Ignition. Yeah. Those are fucking badass albums. They sold out on Americana. That was their sellout record. I think Americana was still good, but that was I still liked it, it, it. That was but. where it started to be like, all right, this is getting a little... Uh, a little, a little, a little by the numbers. Yeah, a little by it? the numbers. <laughs> this is I remember
2: like... I got Conspiracy of One for Christmas when I was like, "You guys want to hear what I got for Christmas?" When I once was once they
0: came out with a with a original prankster, I was like, like hmm. "That's that was it." <laughs> when I was ten years
2: old, I got two CDs. It was Conspiracy of One, which had original prankster on it, and it, I also got uh, Limb biscuit, chocolate starfish, and hot dog flavored water. <laughs> I got three Dragon Ball Z VHS tapes. I think I got a lava lamp. Uh, Those are the big highlights. Oh, and I got a CD player, a little portable CD player. It was a total piece of shit, and I think it broke after, like, two weeks. I probably fell when I was on my scooter. Dude,
0: when I was a kid and I was listening to, like, the the Offspring Records and shit, I remember I would listen to uh, 107.3, The Rock, or whatever, some generic. It was 107.3, The Rock. Yeah. So I listened to 107 Point Through the Rock, and I had a fucking tape in the in the cassette player, this shitty like thing the size of my fucking arm, and I I'd just be fucking hanging out on this thing, waiting for songs I liked. Then you record, the record them. I did button. the same thing, dude. Old school shit, bringing memories uh, back. Remember did that, that with a VHSs too. VHSs too. You, VHS's that with too. you got you cut like out yeah. The, You'd uh, you'd press the stop button when the commercials come on, then press record again when the movie yeah. comes on. So there would be, like, pieces missing. <laughs> yep, yep,
2: yeah. Um, so Dexter yeah, Holland, like, was there any other notable, uh, big notable celebrities you in- oh. encountered at the Jet Center? I don't
0: know his name, but the guy who invented PayPal. Oh, no way. Yeah, he, he flew his Challenger jet in... Um, who's the inventor of PayPal? I want to Google that. Fuck if I know, man. I, I saw him for two minutes and he fucking got off and left. People don't come to Santa Maria to hang out at the fucking jet center. What they if the guy who invented in PayPal was like,
2: hey, man, uh, you got a PayPal? And you were like, yeah. He was like, check your PayPal. I left you a
0: tip. <laughs> That'd be, <laughs> funny would be a really smart. Business well, he invented right. PayPal, but he did not have any further affiliation with it. He, so uh, it, was in, it was founded by Max Levchin, Peter Thiel. Luke Nosek, and Ken Howery. Shit if I know which one of those guys it one was. one of those guys. Like, basically, this is what would happen is, like, my boss would be like, Guys, all right, listen up. Here's the guy. The guy who invented PayPal is coming. <laughs> He'd, <laughs> He'd just name like, drop. Yeah, yeah, he would just name drop. He was very excited to let you know how cool he was that someone was coming into the place that he worked at. And uh, <laughs> he would uh, I hit this weird fucking habit of uh, assuming that we knew everything that the people wanted even though they didn't ask for it (laughs) you know like we would get fucking chewed the fuck out we got our jobs threatened all the time which in retrospect in retrospect why the fuck did I give a shit that job fucking sucked I got like two dollars an hour more than minimum wage and I worked my fucking ass off when you're like (laughs) Like, 20 though two dollars more than minimum wage feels like a lot of money yeah, it's like, like yeah, hey, that's though. really good. That's like an extra fifty dollars a month <laughs> I'm making. Yeah, like no, yeah. it's not good. Um, if you're twenty and someone's giving you two dollars an hour over minimum wage, they're probably fucking you. All right, so yeah, <laughs> be careful. Yeah. Um,
2: I used to train a guy who was a uh, helicopter pilot, and he has helicopter
0: some, pilots were dope. I, I feel the helicopter pilots like eight times a day. Those well, guys were fucking He was one cool. of the coolest fucking dudes. Probably the coolest guy I've ever trained. See what I'm
2: saying? Awesome guy. Like, so fucking cool. He was from uh, New York originally. And he was... Uh, he told me... I know the whole story on this guy. He would... Uh, was he an RLC pilot? Uh, He... What is that? Uh Uh rotocraft leasing company i'm not sure no they they
0: flew the guys out to the oil rigs in santa barbara
2: i don't believe so no he he i think he retired out of new york but he was a uh so he was a pilot and he was actually his, his his i'll start from the top his story was that he was actually a helicopter pilot in vietnam okay and um He came back from Vietnam and he couldn't get a job because apparently after Vietnam, there was like a surplus of helicopter pilots from Vietnam who couldn't find work because you don't need that many helicopter pilots in the United States. So nobody could find work. He ended up getting hooked up with a job at Sony. So he was a helicopter pilot for Sony, the movie company. And a company of all kinds of other shit, too. Um, So he would tell me all these stories about these celebrities that he would pilot. So what his job was... Is he would uh, I think he would he would he would pilot out of uh, Long Island, and he would fly people from Long Island to like Man- Manhattan or something like that. Um, I might be getting my facts all fucked up, but just bear with me, guys. So he would, Island, he, would, he would he would he uh, would he would he would fly these people and uh, Sony I th- I think uh, I don't know if it was Manhattan, but their they had their big skyscraper in New York and it had a helipad on top of it. So that's where he would fly him to, like their headquarters. And uh, he would fly, he would tell me, I mean, major, major celebrities. And he he would name off all kinds of fucking different ones, like Robert De Niro, Jack Nicholson, fucking Cher, like all kinds of people. Um, and he told me this story about, I was really curious about Jack Nicholson. I was like, so what was he like? He was like, oh, he's an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, really? I was like, Jack Nicholson? He was like, yeah, he's an asshole. And I was like, Why?
0: I think that makes me and, like uh, him more. Like, he goes, "Well, I feel like Jack Nicholson should be an asshole." <laughs>
2: and he t- and he talked like this. This is what uh, this his name was Robert. This is what he talked like. And he was like, "Well, what happened here, Matt? Is uh, you know, uh, you can't smoke cigars in helicopters. Safety hazard. Can't do it. I told him, put you better put that out. I can't take off if you don't put that out." And he just gave me a dirty look, and he wouldn't talk to me after that. And asshole. That was the whole thing. Uh, you know, Jack Nicholson got mad that he told him to put his cigar out because <laughs> it was a
0: safety concern. Now I do want to point this out. There's a very uh, specific thing about celebrities. Celebrities are like these. They're these rare, like mystical creatures. They're like unicorns. You only really see them so often in your life, mm-hmm. and you only really see them. In certain situations. Right. You don't really know what's going on with person at a person at a given time. And also, these are people who have been pampered a lot. They're celebrities. Yes. They're used to getting what they want when they want. Now, let's just put that as a side note. My coach uh, my coach, used to be a uh, bodyguard for, um, for Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Huge celebrity. Yeah. Right. Everywhere he goes... And also, Dr. Dre is a weird-looking guy. People know who Dr. Dre is when they right. see him. Yeah. Like, he's got he a very... Out like, e- yeah. You're not
2: going to mistake Dr. Yeah. Dre for somebody else. So,
0: everywhere he goes, people are like, fucking, I'm getting a picture with this guy. Right. I know, yeah, I'm going to say what's up to him. Sometimes, Dr. Dre needs to take a shit. <laughs> right. Okay? And he doesn't want to deal with every single person that right. wants to take a fucking picture with him. I... Fucking get it, yeah. yeah <laughs> no, sometimes I, I, I agree. That's that might not be the first helicopter that Jack. Who was it? Is Jack? Nichol- Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. That might not be the first Jack uh, helicopter Jack Nicholson was on that day. Might not be. It might be the first time he fucking sat down and was like, I want to smoke my fucking cigar. <laughs> I haven't be. gotten a fucking chance to yeah. yet. And fuck this guy. The <laughs> helicopter can wait till I'm done smoking my fucking cigar. Yeah,
2: yeah, and you know, uh, I can imagine, I mean, I was just thinking about this the other day, like, who celebrities the fu- are busy being well, celebrities, there's, there's here's the more thing. to it than P- people, it seems like. Who I, I was thinking about this because we just went to that concert in Hollywood, and when we were at the concert, I saw um, Jeff Ross there, you know, the comedian mm-hmm. who does all the roasts and stuff, I saw him there, and he was just walking around with his
0: fucking girlfriend and a friend of theirs and he was like you know five feet from me jeff ross there's a guy who i wouldn't know his name if i saw him but i would recognize him but yeah and i remember well and i told my wife
2: i was like oh that's jeff ross right there she's like oh no way she's all you should ask for his picture and i was i never in my life have ever asked i don't think i've ever done that if it was the right scenario maybe i would like Mm -hmm. if it was like We're hanging out in a social setting and I might ask for a picture. But this just didn't... When we're walking out of a concert and everybody's rushing to get out, I just didn't feel like... I'm not going to
0: go up to this guy and ask him for his picture. You want to hear an example of me legit feeling bad about doing that? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I am fucking drunk. Not uh right now, but at the time. Uh And and right now, actually. If you guys are listening, I've been getting progressively more drunk as this podcast (laughs) is going on. Uh... So, we're at this. Uh, we're at the UFC uh, a while back. Me and uh, me and my sisters were there, and we're up getting beers. And I'm fucking. I've been drinking my ass off all day. I'm fucking wasted. And I see Forrest Griffin out of the corner of my eye, mm. and he's moving like with purpose. He sent me this picture yeah. too, so I know this yeah. did in fact happen. Forrest is, and I have to give him credit for being super fucking nice about it. Like I literally reached out and grabbed him. I was like, yo Forrest. <laughs> "Yo, Forrest!" And he stops and he's all, "Hey, yo, he's Forrest!" All, he's all, whoa, whoa, "Whoa, like, like he thought like a cop was stopping him or something." It's like, "It's <laughs> like, hey, Forrest!" And he's all, "Oh, what?" I'm like, "Yo, dude, I've been watching you forever. Can I get a picture?" You know, and I, like, I just felt like. I fucking stopped this guy when he was, like, on his way to go take a shit or something. I don't know. But, like, I literally made physical contact with him. I fucking yeah. grabbed Well, line. you know, we actually... Ariana did this
2: at... Uh, we went to go see Brian Callen, uh, a comedy show in uh, San Jose, like, six months ago. And she did this. Because normally... I don't think a lot of comedians do this anymore. But, like, I remember me and Wyatt saw Joe Rogan, like, five years ago in Sacramento. And, um... You wait in line after and you get to have a picture yeah. with him and then i remember why it was like dude just make sure right before the show ends dude we got to get up and go get in line be the first ones in line so we don't got to wait so why we run we go get in line and we get a picture with joe rogan it was pretty cool um but i none of the comedy shows i've been to since then do that so we were leaving the comedy show and Brian Callan wasn't doing the whole, you know, picture signing. And we I saw Brian Callan once before and I got a picture with him. And it was really funny because he's just like how he is on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like
0: when I well, saw that, him. That's what Brian Callen really seems to have. like. It seems like his gift is that he's just a conversationally funny guy. He is. Yeah, his stand-up and, is funny. Yeah. But he just seems like a guy who like he would probably be his funniest literally just oh no out he was you. hilarious
2: like, so when we first saw him it was like in san francisco like six or seven years ago and we're at this comedy show and uh me and uh Capado and wyatt got a picture with him and um we we're like hey hey can we get a picture and he's like yeah sure of course come on guys and he puts his arm around me and he was like oh man you got some shoulders on you huh?" <laughs> <laughs> just like on the podcast
0: he's very he's very respectful he got, of the man's he's body like, you got some he shoulders. likes
2: he's like you got some shoulders on you huh yeah, you, you work out. You work out. You're pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, like, cracking up. And then the entire night after that, when we're getting drunk, like, Capato just keeps making jokes about how Brian Callen basically groped me and fondled yeah. me.
0: <laughs> you know what? There are worse people to get groped and fondled by. No, I was I very would really appreciate being groped it was, and fondled was by It was very Brian flattering. Callen. It was nice.
2: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Ariana did that to Brian Callen because... He did this comedy show, and it was when they do uh, the the double header, you know, where uh, they'll do a show at no, like six I, and then a show at eight or yeah. something like that. And he's leaving the uh, he's leaving the stage, and he goes around the back, and then there's this little stairwell that leads up to a room above the where the the comedy takes place. And his wife was up there waiting for him, because we could see his wife watching him from the from the audience. Mm-hmm. So she's standing up there waiting for him, and you could tell he's trying to sneak around. And Ariana was like, "Oh, that's him right there," and I was like, "No, just leave him alone." And before I could even say "leave him alone," she goes, "Brian, Brian," and he was like, "Oh no, really? Sorry, I gotta go." And then Ariana was like, "Can I get a picture with you real quick?" And he just like is too nice a guy; he couldn't say no.
0: And then well, um, that that's how Forrest it was. (laughs) Like I honestly, like I literally, I think I felt worse because he was so fucking nice about it. Yeah, because I realized immediately after doing it, I was like. I just fucking physically grabbed this person well, so, so, so get this so Ariana
2: pulls she she, tells, she she pulls Brian Callen over she's like can we get a photo real quick and Capato takes the photo of me and Ariana and Brian Callen and she's like this is my husband he's took a picture with you before he said you complimented him on his shoulders and then Brian Callen looks at me and he goes hey, he's got some shoulders on him he's got some shoulders huh? <laughs> and It and was like I just thought it was the funniest shit ever.
0: This is the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. Oh, he does have some shoulders on him. <laughs> I can't hilarious. remember everyone, but, you know. It was hilarious. Oh. Um, but- I i want to take, uh, take a left turn here. Mm-hmm. I really like how this has been going so far. This has been a very funny, funny podcast. But uh, there's some stuff I've been listening to. Uh, podcasts and uh, radio news and everything, but joseph james d'angelo jr the golden state killer the east area rapist mm-hmm. and as uh, wyatt called him the east bay asshole ravager. Yes. Uh, what do you think about the allegations of him having a micropenis as a as a medical I, okay. technical term
2: this is the first i've heard of this i was not aware that
0: he had a micro where does this come from uh, apparently that's that's around in the news. Like I, I first heard it on uh, last podcast on the left. They remarked on it several times. I haven't listened to the uh, last podcast on the left on him yet. Oh man, it's really interesting. But you know what they they talk about a lot of the stuff that we talked about in uh, our podcast with Wyatt. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I want to say. What I really wanted to remark on about this, I don't want to get into the news and details about that. You guys can find that out on your own. What you guys yeah. are here listening to us for is you want our speculation on this. And what I want to talk to Matthew about today mm-hmm. is do you think him having a micropenis is worse or better for his victims? It's gotta be better right because he's a think, rapist but is it is it more violating that someone is jamming their tiny little all barely existent penis into you like just this it, like or is yeah. it like almost like almost like a phantom dick that you No, getting it's gotta be with?
2: it's gotta be it's gotta be better yeah because well, in a physical sense but the only you... thing more terrifying than that is being jammed you don't want him, to do a guy you're getting raped by to be you have a crank like lexington steel like <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna be... You're gonna be in pain. <laughs> no, that no. Would no. Suck.
0: I'm not saying like as opposed to him having like a dangerously large cock that he's like right. fucking like like it like it has to be classified by the government as a as a weapon of mass <laughs> destruction. Like I'm talking about like as opposed to a normal cock, is it more frightening when some fucking pervert monster has you tied up and is about to rape you and he pulls out he pulls his I think pants it's down, creepier. and there's and and you're suddenly taken aback by this fucking. I think the like, visual knuckle when I of when a penis. I imagine
2: it in my head, there is something creepier about the visual of just like this little button penis. Yeah, like almost like not, not there, penis. Like, yeah, the the idea of it looks very creepy. Yeah, like um, I've been
0: hearing about this a lot about his micro penis, and it's like uh, I can see how how that there's something maddening about. Having a micro penis, and to the to the micro penis community, if anyone out there with a micro penis is listening to you, I do not think that makes you a monster.
2: No, you just got to get you know, really
0: good at doing other things. You know, yeah, for sure. And you, you know, micro penis. Uh, it's not a topic that I know a lot about. I don't want to comment on it as a as a society. I know having a micro penis doesn't make you bad in any sort of way. However this particular man with a micro penis it is a a big mark against his character as well
2: <laughs> yeah well i think look when somebody is a uh, convicted multiple time murderer and rapist um just about anything is going to be a knock yeah. on the, Emphasis, they could be like he drank his coffee black what a piece of shit what a piece of he shit he would drink his fucking coffee black he doesn't <laughs> want asshole, cream in rapist there rapist murderer just black um, like his heart.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I was very like I, I, I heard about the story, heard about all this going down, heard about all the connections they made, and um, and then when the whole uh, the micro penis thing came out, that really that really threw me for a loop because I thought, what an interesting thing like for a man who's raped fifty plus women, right? Uh, violently raped, you know. To have a micro penis, it's like I had to wonder: is that better or worse? And uh, I know this is—I uh, know this—this this might be a can of worms that we don't want to dive into. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, give us your thoughts. Like, I, give me, give I, us I, comments. I, I would be curious I'd, to hear the opinions
2: of yeah, others on this. If, I, uh,
0: if, if you were to be raped by a person with a micro penis, would that be better or worse than them having a normal penis? For the record, I'm going to say worse, or I'm going to say better. But not not uh, just physically. Consider this psychologically. Consider the like obviously your your physical body is going to be less damaged. You're going to feel less, you're going to experience less from a micro penis because there is less penis to assault <laughs> you with. <laughs> but think of just the psychological effect of this fucking monster and one of this monster's characteristics, their physical deformity Is the penis that they're assaulting you with this tiny, unnaturally small penis and this haunting figure just sweating over you and attacking you with this tiny little penis? When you describe it like that, it does.
2: It it sounds very disgusting. See what
0: I'm talking? That's what I'm saying. Is like you got to look at this from other angles. Is it worse or is it better? I tried to Google it, but I couldn't.
2: Uh, Judge Joseph D. De- oh, okay. I did find something. Joseph De- James D'Angelo Jr., Golden he, uh, State Killer. Suspect. Penis.
0: His penis. Judge rules photos of his penis will be taken. Yeah, that that was what I heard on the podcast. They talked about um, how they had to fucking strip him down and take pictures of his dick. The Golden State Killer's penis is supposed to be exceptionally
2: small, based on victim accounts. For decades, it was one of the few distinct physical details authority knew about the killer and rapist. Yeah, apparently, oh uh, my god! Uh,
0: apparently, one thing they would do he would hogtie his victims with their uh, with their hands and feet tied together and their hands uh, their hands behind their back. And he would, he would haunch over them and put his penis in their hands and say, play with it. Play with it. Which is fucking horrifying. Absolutely fucking horrifying. Yeah, that's... Uh, but it's Ooh. like, you know they're grabbing it and going like, which one's the balls and which one's the penis? Oh, <laughs> God. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> fucking horrible, man. But kind of funny that you find the uh the like one of the premier rapist and murderer characters in in history and one of the biggest pieces of news about him is well he's barely got a cock yeah it's pretty uh
2: <laughs> It's pretty random. I was not expecting <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> I'm glad I got to spring that on you. I really wanted your yeah. natural reaction. No, I, 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 didn't know no if, uh,
2: I didn't know if you'd heard about that. No, I, I haven't been bike. following him too closely, so I'm not super well informed on it. So
0: well, I, that actually is one of the primary things that I've heard about. It. I haven't been following it closely at all. That's the main thing that I heard, and that's why I really wanted to talk about it. I thought, what an interesting piece of information to, uh, to discuss. It, indeed it is. Um what else do we got here on the agenda yeah folks at home uh comments questions ideas thoughts about about that um i know we've got
2: some uh fights coming up here this weekend that yeah. we were talking about earlier yes
0: um, um i'm interested in uh the geriatric matchup of uh Mushida. vitor belfort and Leota Indeed. Two two masterful explosive strikers who are way past their prime. Yeah, uh, I would have so loved to have seen this fight like
2: six seven years ago. Yeah, would have been Which, really good.
0: It's amazing how how much difference six or seven years makes. But in the fight game, it's a lifetime. right? Yeah, it it's, is. It, that that's what a i mean difference. this would have been a day well, makes. <laughs> in no, today's uh, day and
2: age this is the opener for the main card five years ago this
0: would have been a headliner oh that's a fucking headliner and a half it could still be like, a headliner of course but i would it, still say that uh maybe you know on a on a fox sports one. yeah that's what i was gonna say not a paper on view. a spike tv but uh <laughs> yeah.
2: it's a decent card overall it's it's one of those cards where there's no there's not one of those big, giant fights that you really, really want to see, but they're all consistently decent. I just saw it on Instagram. When is
0: um, the mauler, uh, Gustafson, when is he Gustafson, fighting? They're, um... they're
2: trying to set up a potential. So here's the deal. They're trying to – Dana White was on Matt Sarah's podcast the other day, and he said they're trying to set up a super card where they do – Get this: GSP versus Nate Diaz at 155. They try I to can do tolerate Gustafson it. versus Rockhold at Rockhold, 205. That's the one I was. I like that about. a lot. And then Dillashaw
0: versus uh, Garbrandt, I believe. Don't you love Dillashaw's name? Dillashaw. Sound, it sounds like the name of like a Keebler Elf or something. It, yeah, Billy yeah, Dillashaw. It like it's yeah. it's adorable, yeah. especially for a little a little. Uh... He kind
2: of looks like a Keebler Elf too. His face. Yeah. I got to see him fight. Well, when I, I saw him fight live in Sacramento, and it was when he was supposed to be fighting Barao the second time, mm-hmm. and uh, Barao couldn't make weight, so I forever will root against Henan Barao. Um, Fair enough, uh, <laughs> but uh, he ended up fighting Joe Soto instead, and he just completely dismantled mm-hmm. him. Start to finish. yeah, I was
0: gonna say who, and then that's yeah. <laughs> it
2: was a it was a pretty bad. Comment. You answered before I. Um, But, you know, that GSP versus Nate Diaz thing is interesting. I personally think GSP would just butt-rape him.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think... I don't even think it's it's, a... It's a shit-awful fucking matchup for a guy like (laughs) Nate Diaz. It's horrible. It's not even to say... This is not what I'm saying, but it's not even to say that uh, there are different skill levels. They're just fucking... Too big. The the types types of skill level... The types of...
2: Yeah, the the number one, the size gap. Now, if... The, the interesting factor would be, okay, GSP hasn't fought at 155 yet. I actually think he could get to 155, but it's like, how is he going to perform at 155? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a question mark. If he performs just as good at 155 as he does at 170, <laughs> he's going to destroy Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz does notoriously horrible. Him and Nick both do notoriously bad against power wrestlers. Those, right. Uh, look at all their losses on oh, the record. That, power that being wrestlers.
0: said... um. And Nate, Nick Diaz did a pretty good job at defending takedowns. He when, did, when but he, he's, yeah. to me,
2: Nick is like a bigger, better version of Nate.
0: That's exactly my thoughts on I mean, it. Yeah. They fight very similar, but Nick Diaz is like he's like an elite version of Nate. Whereas exactly. Nate, Nate is really good. Nate is elite. He but, is. Nate, but he's not like top shelf elite. No, like no. Nate, no. Is.
2: Nate is, is elite, but he gets beat by the top shelf elite yeah that's the right, way i look ex- at nate exactly because if you really just, and nick
0: nick does not nick, no nick, nick can fights, actually nick, nick can hold his own i mean nick has elite.
2: been beat by some top yeah. shelf but he's beaten some top shelf right, too exactly so yeah um and especially with nate I, too i feel like I, after I, that i also
0: want to mention i'm a fucking long time nick diaz fan i yeah. have been a nick diaz fan since the first time i saw him fight jeremy jackson yeah way back in the fucking day now like Nonstop. A lot I don't of give people. A, fuck. a lot of Stockton people, <laughs> motherfucker. Two
2: oh nine. After that first Conor McGregor fight, a lot of people like hopped on the Nate train, and they were like, "But like, look, he's a, he's like you said, he's an elite fighter. He's really good. But if you go back and look at his record, like every chance he's ever had to really take it to that next level, he didn't. You know, when also, he fought Benson Henderson, he got that was his only title shot, and he got fucking mauled in that fight.
0: Well, I think we've talked about this in a podcast before, but. I mean, look at the way Conor McGregor fights. Like We can't look at people just as legends and icons. We have to look at people as competitors when we're talking right. about fighters. And you have to look at the strengths and weaknesses of fighters. Nate Diaz is not really an ideal matchup for Conor McGregor. No. no, Especially at his weight class right. and not at Conor's. Yeah. Conor is fast and explosive. Nate... Can't be knocked out. Right. So you're, yeah. And Connor's <laughs> not a great
2: wrestler. Yeah. Connor is right. a so good wrestler. But it's not, a recipe not, for a good matchup. Not ma- a great wrestler. But it's a recipe for a
0: good matchup. We also, yeah. A bad matchup for Connor, but yeah. a good fight. Yeah. That we should exactly. Say. A good fight, a bad matchup for Connor. That's not the. You can take a fighter who's a seven and put him against a fighter who's a ten, and if it's a bad matchup, that right. seven can be a nine, yeah. and that ten can be an eight. Yes. Like that's just how it is.
2: Yes, uh, it's not
0: a hundred percent, but it shifts the odds based on on styles. Yeah. So if they can get that matchup, that that's a fun matchup, though. I would yeah.
2: I would love to see it. I would really look forward to it. Rockhold versus Gustafson is a fun uh, co-main. Uh, Even though I think Rockhold I, will get fucking
0: destroyed by Gustafson. I think so, too. Maybe not. Rockhold's Maybe not. a solid fighter. Rockhold is also... Uh, but he's been looking chinny. He's been looking a little chinny, and Gus knows how to touch that chin. Yes. And you're
2: like Gus. Gus, Gus is a me, chin artist. To me, Gus is like a bigger, almost like a bigger version of Rockhold, but just better. He moves better. I, I would. He's got more power on his
0: punches. I wouldn't really compare the two. Uh, I think uh, Rockhold is a lot more of like a, I, you know, not not to not to boldface disagree with you, but I personally don't see it. Is all I'm saying. Well, uh, they're not similar. Uh, like okay, I I, I I think I think I I see a lot more uh, a lot more power kicks. From, uh, from, Rockhold. from Rockhold, yeah. Uh, Rockhold has that kind of uh, solid balance position, whereas uh, whereas um, Gus has more fluid movement, moves his feet yeah. more. He has better footwork. Yeah. He has he has. I don't know if he's like point A to point B faster but he has a He's more He's got fast, better accuracy. Right, he has more of a fast feel because all yeah. of his movements kind of come together and they yeah. flow he off He doesn't have a lot of better. wasted motion. Right. That's he, a better uh, way of putting it. I think yes. Gus has
2: better takedowns. Rockhold probably has It's hard to comp- It's hard to say anybody has also, a better top game you, than
0: Rockhold. You forget Fucking Gus has really good takedowns. Uh-huh. We fucking often forget about that. took down Daniel Cormier and John Jones. Yeah, he took down John Jones. And John Jones took, didn't even take him down. He took down John Jones more times than John I Jones still, took him down. I still to this
2: day, I've rewatched that fight three times. I still to this day think Gus of some. I fight. fucking do too, dude. I've watched I just the, don't get it. Like when I, I watched that fight with okay, people other Oh, they so tell
0: he me... so John Jones landed two really clean shots on him? He yeah. got the he because got to me, the... and didn't even phase him? Yeah. Excuse fucking me. And and also
2: too, the first three rounds, I thought Gustafsson just picked him apart on the yeah. feet. Yeah. Like they looked like they were too. Like I was. I remember watching that fight, and Gus I... just
0: looked like he was doing everything he wanted to do. Yeah. And was and just getting away. Absolutely. With it. Like, and I
2: remember watching that fight from my bed, and I rewatched it later that night. But I purposefully didn't check the results, and I streamed it later that night. And I remember after the fight was over, sitting laying there thinking to myself, "Holy shit, Alexander Gustafsson is a new world champion. He just mm-hmm. fucking beat John Jones, first guy." And then I was shocked at the announcement.
0: Well, the first time I thought that was uh, when I saw like the first time I had that exact feeling was uh, was when I watched uh, Shogun and Shogun and Mishida. Yeah, I had that. Ex- I was like, that was I, I was pretty fucking shocking. I remember I was texting. I was texting my girlfriend because I'm a fucking MMA nerd, and I'm like, Shogun just won a round. Shogun just won two rounds. Shogun yeah. just won three rounds. Shogun just won every fucking round. He won, all round. The, he won yeah. the entire fight. And they gave the fight to Mishida, and I was like, What was, the fuck?
2: That was so fucking weird. Like, I don't know what
0: was going through the judge's head yeah. on that one. I well, I disliked Mishida for a long time based on that. Based on that. I which is not fair because like since it was I've, still, I've
2: looked, even though I thought Shogun took every round, I would still say it was like a good it was competitive a great fight. fight, but he clearly won yeah. the rounds.
0: You know. Shogun won that fight off of something that judges don't score well enough, leg kicks. Leg kicks, yeah. But he was devastating him with leg kicks, yeah. and he was landing other things too. He, but... c- he
2: completely neutralized any kind of danger from yeah. from Mishida yeah. with the leg kicks.
0: And I fucking, in, in retrospect... I'm I'm a huge fan of Mashito. When well, then they like rebooked
2: I, the fight and uh Shogun came back and just fucking KO'd him. Yeah. He was like, you know, right off the bat. "You know
0: what I'm You know what I'm going to do is not leave this to the judges. Yeah. and I'm going to push you to fucking sleep." Yep. And then yeah.
2: I think after that they had that was right after that was when Shogun fought uh, Jones, right? And then that's when Jones won the title, I think.
0: Was that right after that Shogun fight? I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure because I think By the they way, booked.
2: I think they booked Shogun versus Rashad. Then Rashad fell out, and they had Jones step in on like three weeks' notice.
0: By the way, for those of you that are listening that don't know, uh, Shogun is actually my favorite fighter. So mm-hmm. when we talk about him, it's all it's always very personal. <laughs> <laughs> like, always I, taking, I don't, like. It's no. almost like a loss to myself when Shogun gets beat, but like. <laughs> I don't have favorites myself. I'm pretty. I'm kind
2: of like that bandwagon hopper. Yeah. I'll just kind of like whoever's hot at the moment. Yeah. I'm like
0: Mugatu for uh, yeah. Zoolander. I'm like, Zoolander. oh, he's so hot right now. Hansel, he's so <laughs> hot right now. No. Um, which, to be honest, that that's actually more of a logical way to be. Fans don't like it because they go, "What, bro? You don't like my
2: favorite?" <laughs> the, well, there's there's people that I do like. Lean towards. Like I'm into. Uh, I really liked Carlos Condit for a while. Um, I still, I mean, I still like him for a while when he, when he <laughs> was big, when he was at the I top. Liked, I was a big well, fan when of he Carlos was at Conde. the top. I liked him.
0: Uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just
2: like guys who bring violent fights. You know, I Dude, like entertaining fights.
0: That's fighters. that's why Shogun's my favorite, right? Because always, Shogun yeah. Shogun is high skill, high violence. Yeah, Shogun brings violence and skill to the same fucking page. Yeah, and I that's why I like it. Shogun doesn't. He doesn't come out and pussyfoot around to win a fight. He's gonna fucking drive in and work. Yeah. Well, like, and I think that's what people
2: forget about McGregor is like everybody now wants to criticize and be like he talked his way to the top and this and like look at his record though he all of his fights are super fucking yeah. flashy finishes whether it's him getting finished or him finishing well, the other guy like super fucking entertaining mm-hmm. as fuck.
0: Now we 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 talked about this before in another yeah, podcast, but we what did. What, what we would. What I would like to say, though, is, yes, flashy finishes, but go online. Watch any one of Conor McGregor's fights, at least in the UFC, because I haven't really researched his fights outside of the UFC much. Watch any one of his fights and find a boring minute in any of them. Yeah, they're all exciting. Every fucking, like, it's not just the finishes. It's the whole fight is flashy. The whole fight is exciting. Yeah. Everything about it. His fight with Max Holloway, he fucking tore his ACL. And that is a massive injury. Yeah. And he dominated that fight on the ground. Yeah. Maybe not his most exciting fight, still fucking exciting. I don't really remember that fight being boring at all.
2: Yeah, indeed. And, you know, they have some... uh, I was looking over the card here for this weekend. We've got UFC 224. And they have some uh, pretty exciting matchups. You have uh, Vitor... We already talked about Vitor versus Leodo. Um, you've got the headliner, Amanda Nunes versus Raquel Pennington. I'm always excited for an Amanda Nunes fight because she always has violent fights, you know, Mm -hmm. they're always, well, actually her last fight wasn't, her and uh, Valentina, that last fight was kind of, kind of a snoozer. Um, but, um... Hearn Pennington, that's a decent matchup. She's probably just gonna fucking steamroll Pennington. I mean, I don't. It's hard for me to see Pennington winning that match. Yeah. But Pennington has a decent little win streak going right now. Four fight win streak. She just beat Misha Tate, Elizabeth Phillips, uh, Beth Cohea, and uh, Jessica Andrade. Um, and she had a. She actually she fought Holly Holm back in 2015, and that was Holly Holm's UFC debut. And Holly Holm won that uh, via split decision. So that was like a fairly close fight. Um, so, you know, she's, uh, she's got a solid record, but we'll see what happens. It's not a super strong main event in my opinion, but
0: to be honest, I, I, I haven't really watched a lot of her fights. I, she's
2: kind of like right. a jack of all trades. She's not right. like super standout no, I, in any one. She's, I think she's pretty I, good
0: on the ground though. From what I remember, she's a, she's kind sure, of a scrapper sure. on
2: the feet and she's pretty good on the
0: ground. Yeah. I just I, kind I, of, I, uh, I, I, I recall like a general, like aptitude as i'm watching it it's like you're you're not really like blowing my mind in one way or another and i have this thing as a from a fighter's perspective uh when i see someone this is not correct by the way so don't don't listen to this and be and base your opinions of fighting on this but this i have this way of looking at fights when i see someone who does who doesn't really stand out in a way and then someone who has a particular skill set, I always see that skill set fitting in for the win. Like if someone's really good at submissions or someone has a really fucking nasty arm bar or something and they're fighting this other person who's just generally kind of good everywhere, I always see that arm bar fitting in, you know? right as a as a stand, or if somebody's like a really powerful knockout artist and they're fighting someone who's just kind of generally good everywhere, I see that knockout kind of fitting in, you know mm-hmm. which is definitely not always the case, <laughs> right, but I can't help looking at it that way, yeah. Uh,
2: well, we have uh, we've also got. This is the fight that I'm personally the most excited about. Uh, Jacare Souza versus Kelvin Gastelum. I really, really like that fight because it's two guys who are both pretty dangerous. Um, you know, I know Gastelum is coming off of a few knockouts. He just knocked out uh, Bisping. Um, he had a loss to Chris Weidman in there. Um, the arm triangle choke. So I do think that the the size difference could be an issue for him against Jacare because Jacare obviously is pretty fucking good on the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, He knocked out Vitor Belfort uh, about a year ago. Knocked out Tim Kennedy right before that. Johnny Hendricks. So he's got a nice little... uh... That's a nice repertoire.
0: Yeah. Uh, So what we were talking about before this podcast, we were actually discussing uh, this fight. Now, Jacare is a fucking monster Jacare is devastating Mm -hmm. in everything Uh, he's a finisher like a motherfucker Um, but Kelvin Gastelum has this weird way of I don't know how you would put it brings people down to his level like he doesn't look good when he fights but he seems to make everyone that he fights worse than him <laughs> like, yeah no he's uh, I don't know what it is exactly he fights ugly but he makes it fucking work and he yeah he doesn't and he beats people he does
2: have some pretty clean uh I feel like his boxing is pretty clean. Like he's, uh, yeah. But it's not like, but like you said
0: though, yeah, it's not. It's not pretty. It's not no. clean. It does. It. It doesn't. Clean isn't the word I would use. Effective. Effective is the word I would Yeah. Use. Like yeah. when you look at it, it's like, Ugh, why is that working? But it is. And... Yeah.
2: Well,
0: and I would be. Seen, I would be interested in
2: seeing. Uh, I know. Uh, so you got the champion of the division right now, Robert Whitaker, who got injured. So we're just waiting to him for him to heal up, and they're gonna do him versus Yoel again robert whitaker to me is so fucking impressive mm-hmm. like that dude just like he he came out of nowhere i remember the first time i saw him fight he was on the ultimate fighter and i didn't watch that season mm-hmm. first time i saw him fight was against stephen thompson like six years ago and i think it was the same card where um conor mcgregor fought uh, dustin poirier and then um uh daniel cormier fought uh, patrick cummins And he got knocked out by Steven Thompson, and I was like, oh, who's this? I just assumed that, you know, oh, he's just going to – he's an average welterweight. He's not going to be anything special. Then he goes up to middleweight, and he just starts fucking KOing everybody. Mm. Like, listen to this list of people this dude's KO'd in a row. Clint Hester, Brad Tavares. He beat Uriah Hall. He beat Rafael Natal. Then he KO'd Derek Brunson. Then he KO'd Jacare with a head kick and punches – then he beat Yoel Romero when he injured his fucking leg or his foot or whatever in the very first round. And he was basically fighting off one leg. Yeah. That guy's fucking takedown defense is incredible. His striking, he's so fucking explosive. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, the first thing I said when GSP was fighting Bisping, uh, anybody I would talk to about that, I'd be like, trust me, dude, GSP is not going to stick around and fight Whitaker. Like, at this stage in GSP's mm-hmm. career, I think Whitaker would destroy him. Because he's just too fucking fast. He's sure. too, like, he's just, he's, 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 right now, Whitaker is just in his prime. I mean, right. he is just fucking, he's on a well, whole other level. We're talking
0: about a, uh, a, a younger athlete yeah. who shows the same level of promise. Like, right, he's
2: only 27. Yeah. So, I mean, he's fucking, so I'm really interested to see how that second fight against you all turns out. And if he wins that one, to see where they go from there. Because maybe they could do a, uh, a rematch with uh, Jacare if he wins tomorrow night. Or they can do a, uh, a brand new fight against Gastelum mm-hmm. if he wins. Sure. Um, but some pretty interesting matchups nonetheless. Although I do sure. think Gastelum should go back down to 170. Um, if he could,
0: He's kind of fat. fat at middleweight. But that's the no thing,
2: place. yes. He's fat. He could easily, if he was just more disciplined, he could easily cut the fucking weight. All right, I got to let you uh, take the reins
0: for a minute. I got to take a piss.
2: So Keith is going to go take a piss. Now that I'm on the radio by myself, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of, I don't know if you guys out there have ever seen Wayne's World. I can't imagine that you haven't, because uh, if you grew up in the 90s, chances are you've probably seen Wayne's World. Uh, But there's a scene in Wayne's World where... Wayne walks off set and then Garth is left to be on set by himself and he's just kind of like staring at the camera and he's unsure of what to say or what to do and it's just really weird and they play this weird music in the background and I was thinking about it and I was like that's almost kind of like what this is I'm just sitting here I'm forced to kind of talk to myself and introspect my own mind. And uh, that's what came out. It was the scene from Wayne's World where Garth clams up in front of the camera. I would hope that I'm not doing the same right now. I think I'm doing a uh, fairly decent job of keeping this um, internal dialogue rolling. But um, if you guys haven't seen Wayne's World, what are you doing with your life? You need to go watch fucking Wayne's World. Go watch it. You should have seen it already. It's 2018, it's a classic.
0: So you guys ever get drunk before uh, before noon and then go to take a piss and just like throw your arms back and feel like you're blowing a Kamehameha wave out of your cock like yeah. into the, into the I, toilet. I do that all like, the that's, time. That's... I, <laughs> my One of my favorite I things I felt like ever. I was going to blow a hole right through the fucking toilet seat. <laughs> cool. <scene. I'm> <laughs> one of
2: my favorite things ever is when I really, really have to go pee. And I quickly walk into the house. My dogs are nipping at my feet, wanting attention. I'm like, no, guys. No, no. I go to the dangerous. And I do it the same way every time. I'll pull my pants down. I'll place my hands up against the wall. (laughs) And I'll just go, oh, oh my God. And I'll just lean up against the wall. And that's how I'll do it. It just feels so
0: strong. Like, just the current of, of my piss is just like lifting it's it's like. really it's really satisfying
2: though yeah. i mean i can't think i was just uh, talking in, to i was talking to ariana about this like fairly recently when i told her i was like no really have you ever thought about it is there anything more satisfying i don't know if it's just cuz does it feel different for a, i wonder if it feels different for a woman when they have to go pee like i wonder if their urge to I, go pee feels different from a man's i don't
0: know um but I, I have heard... I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, I can't even remember where the source is that I've heard this from, but heard that little like microgasm that, that we get when you take a really good piss uh, mm-hmm. that women don't get that. I don't know if that's true. Ladies, go ahead and comment. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell us the the you question, get a microgasm ladies. when you have to piss, piss. really bad. Do you but... get a
2: microgasm when you pee? Um, well, what I was telling Ariana is that it's just like it might be the most satisfying thing i had ever mm-hmm. i don't know if i could think of anything more satisfying than when you really have to go pee and you just let it out
0: well how shitty of a feeling is it to really have to pee and not be able to it's pretty horrible i mean what can
2: you you can't really do you, you're like incapacitated you kn- basically
0: you know what i've started doing like as a as an uber driver mm-hmm. i'll uh i'll pull over in certain areas like I have to pee a lot. Like, I'm drinking coffee while I'm driving. I'm working, like, 12, 16-hour shifts sometimes, and um, I'll be in downtown L.A. You know, you can't just stop somewhere. There aren't places to park, no. and you can't. So if you guys I'll,
2: haven't been to downtown L.A., It's you're kind of just fucked yeah. if you got to go So pee.
0: I'll get out to, like, like, USC area where there's some neighborhoods and stuff, and I'll just park in, in like, a red curb. And I'll open up my door and just stand outside of the door, and I'll just piss in the fucking in, in the gutter. Uh, like
2: Keith, you might want to low li- low uh, lay low for a while after this. Uh, maybe get a safe house. Maybe uh, um, you know. I don't let your at, friends and family. I killed family. the with a trident because <laughs> uh, you Does are incriminating work? yourself. No,
0: yeah, just uh, so you know. I just want I want the cops to know. <laughs> Keep an eye out for me. I'm pissing in the streets. The Golden State. The Golden the go- Shower. The urinator. Golden- The golden state golden shower Uh, (laughs) uh, well you know I've actually done that
2: before Uh, not that exactly but I remember one time I was
0: coming once you become an uber driver you'll know well I was it was
2: in between clients and I had like a half hour to run and go get something to eat and I remember before I left the gym telling myself all right you got a half hour you know, you need to hurry. But then I really had to go pee. And I was like, you know what, no, it's fine. I can hold it. I'm in a rush. (laughs) Didn't have time to go pee. So I go get something to eat. And after I eat my food, I realized like, fuck, I really have to go pee. But for whatever reason, I just I was in a rush to get back to the gym. And I just didn't pee where I was at. And I was like, you know what? I can make it back to the gym. And then I get to like the first stoplight by Albertsons and I was like, I'm not going to, I can't fucking make it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there behind the wheel and I'm literally jumping up in my seat, like hopping back and forth. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, fuck. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying to myself. I'm going, fuck, fuck. Clenching you know I mean? your abdomen. Just yep, trying not to my let, let abdomen go all and I'm the going, way to your dick. And day. I'm going, turn, turn, turn. Come on, fucking turn. Finally, the light turns green. I just fucking hightail it around. And the around relief
0: me. of the light turning green causes well, me to just no, piss no. myself.
2: <laughs> Luckily, I had some empty uh, like mineral water bottles in my car. So I hang a fucking turn. I pull into a residential. I just whip out one of those mineral bottles and I just start peeing in the mineral water bottle. And it was horrible because I pissed all over myself because mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to aim into this tiny little bottle top. So I get pee all over myself, and then I had to pee so bad that I filled up the entire first, like, fucking liter mineral bottle. You pulled the Dumb bottle. and Dumber, we had yeah. to switch bottles? I had to switch bottles, so I had to hold it in. But when I tried to hold it in, it gets everywhere. Then I had to start on another one. It was fucking
0: horrible. So I got pulled over by Rocket Man. The, the lesson, took a sip of my mineral, mineral water. <laughs> the lesson of
2: the story is don't hold your pee. Don't get too confident, because a lot of times that'll creep up on you, and you before you know it, you're... You're off to the races, and once you don't be super confident about your pee. First chance you get, use that bathroom. Well, I feel like I have a really weak bladder because when I gotta go, it just hits me, and I gotta go.
0: No, dude, it happens to me too. It depends on what you drink. Like I, I'll go, I'll go like eight to ten hour shifts where I don't have to pee once, and I'm fucking cool. But then I have times where. Like every 30 minutes, I feel like I'm like, I'm going to fucking explode if I don't get the shit out of like, and that it depends on what I'm drinking. Mm.
2: Mm. Well, guys, careful with your pee.
0: Careful with your pee. That's what were, were you saying? talking about when I was in the bathroom? It sounded interesting.
2: Uh, I Well, I was saying that as soon as I was on the, uh, the, the mic here by myself, I was talking about that scene in Wayne's World where uh, Wayne walks off set. And Garth is just kind of sitting in front of the camera. And he's like, "Uh, hey. hey," And he doesn't know what to do. And I was kind of describing how uh, that would be, like, my worst fear to do that. To just, Mm -hmm. like,
0: fucking freeze? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Of course, of course. Which was really fun. And then I proceeded to tell everybody how they needed to see Wayne's World if they hadn't seen it already. Sure. Well, speaking
0: speaking of 90s cinema. Mm Mm-hmm and actually probably earlier than 90s cinema if I'm being completely honest Uh, a little throwback that has been on YouTube Red and available in other sources if you're looking for it Uh, has anybody else here seen Cobra Kai? oh
2: man, I was going to bring this up I am so fond of it how deep are you
0: in? I'm about like 4 maybe 5 episodes Okay, I'm only 2 because they give you the first 2 for free I know the name of the episode uh, that I'm that I just finished. Wait, are you uh, I,
2: streaming it or something?
0: Yeah, I'm streaming it online. Okay. Uh, and the oh, episode okay. I just watched is called Quiver. Don't uh, wait.
2: Don't tell me anything about. I can't know okay. anything. Past, okay, okay, okay. Sorry guys. I, right, I've I, only I, seen the first, first two episodes, all, so I, I can't I just know w- anything past okay. the first two. The
0: the first person. I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus here or anything. The first person who told me anything about the show when I knew it was coming out already, they were watching it. And they were like, "Oh man, it's so terrible." Blah blah blah. And then and then I talked to somebody else, and they were like, no, watch it. And I have been fucking loving it. I'm not at all disappointed. Um, yeah, I can – I don't know how anybody could think it's terrible. I'm because, really enjoying it. I think it's well, a
2: really good show. So it's funny you brought this up because, like I said, I just kind of stumbled upon it. I was, like, making breakfast the other day, and I was trying to figure out something to watch, and it popped up into my suggested videos. I, I really liked the Karate Kid growing up. Um I wasn't like a diehard super fan, but I always thought it was a good movie.
0: Same. And Same, uh, as a as a person involved and interested in martial arts too, that was a, a big thing.
2: I will and I remember thinking to myself, uh I remember thinking to myself when I saw the trailer for Cobra Kai, I thought, that looks fucking terrible. There's no way that's gonna be good. I, I
0: thought the, I thought that, but I also was, like, really excited about it at the same time. Like, I, I, I was looking at it like, sure, this is going to be fucking retarded. I don't care. I'm still going to enjoy it. And it's actually not bad in that No. In that okay, sense. here's not... the
2: thing. Like, it's really good. Yeah. They do an amazing job at taking this. And like I said, I thought it was going to be horribly corny and stupid. Mm-hmm. But it's it does a good job. It's really smart. It's really self-aware. Yeah and it makes very self-aware the thing i love about it the most is you really feel like you're in the karate kid universe it feels like it is a true
0: continuation of that story but it feels like that but it has a it somehow really connects it to a real world kind of feel too like 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 how fucking uh, Danny Larusso isn't with the girl from from Karate Kid, or and he's just met some other right. girl in his but life, and I really yeah. hope
2: they have a cameo. From oh, her for down sure the they're road, going to. They're they got to have Elizabeth Shue in there because that's like, uh, you know.
0: um, how uh, how fucking Johnny Lawrence is just of. He's just a fucking trashed out asshole getting fucking <laughs> wasted. I, I really like it too. Like, yeah, cuz like, you know,
2: it's it, it's it's perfect. Like I love how they make it where Johnny is like he's still living in that defeat with, yeah. from his <laughs> teenage <laughs> no, years. But
0: he's but it's not like he's constantly present in that moment. He just no. is like it's defined who he is now. Yeah. Uh, I fucking almost shit a chicken when he beats up those kids in the parking lot and it's, it's pretty uh, hilarious. just it's just a mirror flip of uh, of of uh, mr, mr. Miyagi. miyagi yeah except he's beating them up because they threw the kid on his car <laughs> that's yeah. the yeah. why. well look hey johnny is an asshole okay he's a lifelong asshole yeah um, but being an asshole as this show points out doesn't make you a bad guy no, and that's what I like about it. It's
2: really clever, because they make you... They tell the story... The first two episodes, they tell the story from from oh. Johnny's perspective, and they tell the story from, uh, from Dan, uh, Daniel's perspective. So, uh,
0: one thing I wanted to point out is uh, this is referential <laughs> to that viral YouTube video that came out a while ago about how Danny LaRusso was the villain in Karate Kid. Oh, okay. And, uh, I, don't, I, w- I don't think I've
2: ever seen this.
0: You haven't? No. Oh, man, I... You would love it. This okay. is... Okay, so... He is the real go, villain, yeah, though, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, no, it, that's exactly what the video does, is it goes through this very detailed uh, run-through of how Danny LaRusso stole Johnny Lawrence's girlfriend, shows up in town, and starts causing trouble, and, like, there's a whole series of events, and it shows how... And then Mr. Miyagi, an adult with a black belt in karate, <laughs> uses his skills to... To assault a group of minors. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, like yeah. there's a whole fucking thing about it, uh, and so they kind of do that. They kind of like reference that in in the show Cobra Kai, how um, Johnny has switched uh, roles from uh, antagonist to protagonist, and um, as they as they do that, you kind of realize watching the show how um, '80s movies have this history of defining who the good guy quote unquote and who the quote unquote bad guy is yes uh, based on cinematography and music. The background yeah. music based on a certain scenario is meant to be empathetic to one character mm-hmm. and uh, and aggressive towards another. And really, if you watch that movie without a soundtrack, <laughs> there's, as there's almost a different story being told, you know.
2: Yeah, and it, uh, you know, it, it it is really smart how it does that. Yeah, it really by the end of watching the first two episodes, even though they, they have one episode where they give it to you from from Johnny's perspective, and they have one episode where they give it to you from Danny's perspective, but you do find yourself rooting for Johnny. Yeah, and, and Johnny
0: Johnny kind of is more of the the everyman hero kind of character. Yeah, well, because drunk off fucking because off red the way, stripes The way and shit, that like... they
2: portray Danny is, you know, he's, he's the owner of his own big company mm-hmm. now. He's Mr. Successful. They kind of make him look like this, like... Um, like the American dream asshole almost. Right, right. Like this guy who's got everything. Absolutely. That's a great he wants way to put... take everything, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: And there's, and, and, you know, he, and he also is, like, getting fucking carried away, like... Right. Trying, I, I don't know if you've gotten that far. I'm not going to give anything no, away. No, yeah, yeah. He's kinda... Go past two episodes. Yeah. Because I'm,
2: I'm fucking, as you guys can tell, I'm into this fucking show. I'm fucking and into was too it, too. too cheap to shell out for the YouTube red. But you know what? I might just do it just to support this show.
0: <laughs> um... If there's any feds very out there. Very uh very fond of it. I really I'm actually surprised at how good the acting is. It I is, really yeah. expected the acting to be a lot worse. And it's not perfect, to be honest.
2: No, but, but it's I not think
0: supposed I, to be. That's exactly what I was about yeah. to say. I was saying the the acting follows the feel of the karate kid yeah because if they that... had
2: these guys come in and they tried to do major heavy dramatic yeah. acting it wouldn't fall in line yeah. with the karate kid tone. like
0: there's a lot of um there's a lot of scenes where like johnny will be in conflict with people and he'll be like hey screw you buddy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they'll be like hey
2: screw you man you know how Johnny's <laughs> just like always berating the the kid that he's training and calling oh, yeah. him a pussy and uh, my favorite, my personal favorite scene. I, I knew right away that I was gonna like this show, because it opens up with Johnny rolls out of bed. He takes a swig of a old crusty beer and he almost vomits, and then he proceeds to go to the stove and fry up a couple pieces of bologna. Oh for yeah, breakfast. that was great. <laughs> breakfast of champions. Fucking breakfast bologna. Uh, which I loved because that's
0: like, it's like, it's, that is it's a so perfect... cliched, but it but it works. Yeah. And in 2018, this guy is watching a fucking like a 10 inch screen fucking <laughs> right. round screen TV yeah. in yep. his kitchen. And, and it, it's like, literally you can get a flat screen TV for free on Craigslist <laughs> <Netflix laughs> yeah. nowadays. <And> <laughs> but
2: it works because it's like, it's like that. Do you ever see End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, and he's like yeah. he's like a down and out cop. Yeah, no, it's it's and very. And he he very wakes end up. Of days. He wakes up at the beginning of the movie and he throws like a fucking some. He throws milk, like a pizza, a piece of pizza <laughs> in <laughs> a blender. <laughs> he blends it up and drinks it. That is one of the most cliche yeah. things in like an 80s, 90s action like, movie. When I the guy, think the only
0: thing would have been better is if he's frying up the baloney and then he throws like an old <laughs> piece of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: did, you ever, did you ever see the uh, the episode of South Park, the Bat Dad episode? Yeah, uh, it's so it's like when oh, Stan I thought this is America yeah oh. when it's when Stan uh, Stan's dad uh, Randy he decides he needs to start training yeah so like there's are the, the best you're yeah.
1: the and then so
2: that's there's a scene, actually a Karate, a karate kid kid reference yeah. ties into it so there's a I scene I hope
0: that at some point they play that song in well, the show so, so like, there's a
2: scene where uh, Stan's dad Randy goes to a uh, he cracks a couple of eggs into a glass, and you think it's gonna be like rocky yeah, where he right. chugs it, and then he throws he, he pours, pours the in glass the <laughs> <laughs> into the fucking pours frying the pan. Like, yeah. He starts frying it up, and then he cracks
0: open a beer and starts drinking <laughs> it. Oh man! Oh, that's so good. And it's funny how we came around the full circle there with the. It's with perfect. The yeah. Yeah. No. It's all it's all one. It all um, ties together. Uh, there, there is a there is a scene on this episode Quiver that I just watched. Uh, it's the I'm not gonna give anything away. Uh, but, like, the ending scene of the episode had, like, Harris standing up in the back of my neck. It got wow. me fucking pumped. It gets that I, intense. Dude, it gets intense in a cheesy, corny kind of way. Like, I watched Perfect. this movie growing up. And, like, you're going to fucking love it. I want you to watch this episode right away so that cool. you can reflect on this with me. But, like, I was so pumped. It well, was. Here's what I can say. I was like, this is where I got to leave off on this. When you
2: have shows like Cobra Kai coming out, I think it's a big – it's a sign of a much bigger paradigm shift. When you have shows like Cobra Kai coming out on YouTube. Because when they released... When did that Karate Kid remake come out? Like 10 years ago. The one with Jaden Smith. Yeah. That was just a fucking dumpster fire mm-hmm. piece of fucking dog that excrement. Is, that has been buried um, under the remains. So goddamn horrible. And it's... When you have all these different media or platforms... But it wasn't even
0: karate. It was kung fu. It
2: was horrible. When they have all these different media platforms like YouTube and Hulu and fucking all these just voodoo and all these different things that you can stream your media voodoo, from. Voodoo, Hulu, YouTube, what, what, what and YouTube, it, what it, and Do <laughs> You, all right? <laughs> and Mufu and Fubu. Fubu. Um, and uh, what it signifies, though, is something bigger. It, it's a It's a big paradigm shift. And it really opens up the opportunity for all these smaller media platforms to do shit right. I mean you're getting content now from so many different places. Like this is essentially the Karate Kid sequel that everybody
0: wanted. Right.
2: This is it. And you're getting it all these years later. And we're
0: completely excluding Karate Kid two. Yeah. And I think three and four, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Karate
2: Kid three, I think, or I don't know if it was four, the one that came out in the nineties had Hillary Swank in it. And it I don't also had that. it had Mr. Miyagi, and I remember there was a scene at the beginning of Mr. Miyagi decides to start training Hillary Swink's character. He chooses her. Wow, I vaguely her. remember that. So like... she she almost gets hit by a car, but then last minute on instinct, she just jumps up and jumps onto the hood of the car. Right. Mr. Miyagi sees that, and he's like, you have good instinct.
0: You've got the gift. Yeah, you've
2: got the gift. So he decides to start training her, some shit like that.
0: Right, who wouldn't after they see like that... If I if I was uh, teaching at a at a martial arts school and I see a girl jump onto the hood of a car to avoid her getting hit by it, I'd be like, mm, I I'm, think I'm just gonna train I think her. Think I'm gonna think train her. I, think I think we got something. I think we got something. I think here. we got some stuff to work with here.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. I you know what? I actually I was I was thinking of it like it wasn't great, but now that I look at it, that's pretty uh, sensical on Mr. Miyagi's part to train her based on those reasons. Um, so yeah, if you guys haven't seen C- uh, Cobra Kai, definitely check it out because uh, if you're a fan of the Karate Kid, it's like a must. It's even if not even if you're a fan of the Karate Kid, if you're just a fan of just cheesy '80s fucking action and all that other shit, you're there's no way you're not gonna like it. Well, it's just really I, good.
0: I love how every time something's like going down and or there's a uh, there's a dramatic moment for one of the characters, they start playing like. I don't even know if it's real 80s music or if it's like 80s synth music. I think it sounds like... No, it's 80s synth. It's It's like 80s rebranded. Well, they... I I don't... There's one song in it that uh, sounds like... There's this 80s synth uh, producer that I I listen to sometimes because, you know, don't judge me. I fucking like it. It's uh, (laughs) called Future Cop. And there's one song on there that they actually play that I know. Oh, really? (laughs) So, Yeah. Then, well, there's
2: this whole wave of that. What do they call it? It's, uh, it's 80 synth. That's what. It, that's no, but there's a, there's a different name for it. They, it's like retro wave or maybe, synth wave or something like that. Maybe, but, but um, there's a bunch of dudes. It, they have there's because yeah, I listen to some of that yeah. too. There's like a guy named Trevor something, and then they have all these
0: different. Kavinsky. So when when uh when I like train when I do like sparring and shit, I like to listen to like hip hop. I like those to like Vinny Paz and shit. Like it gets me pumped. Uh, when I, when I lift weights, I'll do like similar stuff to that. Or sometimes I'll listen to like podcasts cause I'm not really trying to go too fast with that. It's slower motion. But when I'm running and shit, I like listening to that 80s synth stuff cause mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I'm in a John Cusack movie. I'm like, <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> like, yeah. It makes me feel like I'm in Karate Kid and I'm training for the big, uh, the big I, I fucking a, tournament. Uh... I'm a big John Cusack fan. I really like a lot of you know. The you, know John you know he's Cusack a uh, he's a black belt in American kickboxing.
2: You can tell because one of my favorite, one of my top five, I would say. Say anything? No, no, Cause no. Because he kickboxes. No, I do beat. like Say Anything though, and I remember that. Um, no, one of my favorite one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite fight scenes is Gross Point Blank. Have you ever oh, okay. seen that?
0: Uh, I have not, but I know okay. what you're talking about.
2: You, Gross Point Blank, you have to watch if you haven't seen it, because it's like a hilarious black comedy from the 90s mm-hmm. where he plays a... Uh, his, his name hitman, is Martin yeah. Blank, yeah, and he's a hitman who has to go back to uh, his hometown, Gross Point, to do a hit w- simultaneously is his 10-year high school reunion mm-hmm. that same weekend that he has to do the hit. And there's a scene in that movie where he fights a uh, fellow a fellow hitman, and the guy that he fights was actually a real. It was his. I think it was his instructor in real oh, life. Oh, really? That's yeah, cool. but he's this little dude. His name's like, and I think his
0: nickname was like Benny the Jet something. Oh, Uriquides. Benny Uriquides. It might it's it might have been him. I'll have to yeah. I'll have to look it up. Now, Benny Uriquides, um, for those of you who don't know, is a legitimate uh like American style kickboxing expert. He's like a karate kickboxing style expert. Very real, did a lot of competition, uh, was in some just awful movies. Lots of real bad yeah, movies. Yeah, Benny but, Yurkides, that's him. That's the guy. Benny Yurkides is a real deal uh, yeah. as far as his actual martial arts. Oh, play. yeah, he
2: is. Look at I'm, I've got his I've got his, uh, his what do you call it right here, his background. Black belt in Kenpo Karate, black belt in Muay Thai, black belt in Taekwondo, black belt in Jiu-Jitsu, black belt in Shotokan Karate, black belt in, uh, I can't even fucking pronounce that, Jukenbo black belt in kendo black belt in kickboxing so he's got a black belt in fucking everything yeah
0: that's what i'm saying benny urquidez is fucking real deal not good enough of an actor to be in any movies worth watching but, yeah uh but he's good in this yeah. movie because they didn't give him any dialogue he played a
2: foreigner yeah perfect um, <laughs> dude and his fucking record holy shit how did i not know this i didn't know his, i don't know his record either this so guy's about record is 49 wins 35 by knockout, two losses, one draw, two no contests.
0: That's some shit, So he's got a
2: fucking majorly professional
0: record. Yeah, excellent record. That's crazy. Well, what is his record in? Is that in American kickboxing? Is that in Uh, uh, in Kenpo Karate? Is that his Muay Thai record? This Uh, is
2: all in WKA. World Kickboxing Uh,
0: Association? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's kickboxing. Okay. Yeah. Which is still good. Don't let that take anything away. Like Yeah, well like, because
2: back when this guy was, look at, it, this guy's first fight was in 74. Yeah. So if you were a uh, martial artist back then, the options were limited. There yeah. wasn't no
0: UFC to go test yourself. Sure, sure. And set, uh, like even even Muay Thai was super limited because there wasn't a lot of Muay Thai outside of Thailand back then. Right. Yeah, okay, so yeah, and uh from the start of
2: 11 and he also has 11 undocumented matches. Winning 10, drawing 1, 10 victories by way of KO. So there's 10 undocumented ones on top of that that he won by KO. So so this guy's majorly legit. And um, it's not surprising because this fight scene that he has in Gross Point Blank with John Cusack is fucking incredible. It's only like maybe like three minutes long, but it's so well choreographed and it feels so raw and real. Um, It's not perfect because no movie fight scene can ever replicate a real fight. But it's really fucking good. (laughs) really good
0: and there and and a movie fight scene isn't supposed to replicate a real fight i think that's a really big point that we yes. have to make here yeah a movie fight scene is is stylized it's, yeah. it's it's more of a dance it's more of like showing off moves it's the difference between professional wrestling and catch wrestling we're displaying stuff yeah for you to get excited. yeah it was just from.
2: like we talked about on the uh you know first podcast we were talking about how it's more of an exhibition as yeah. opposed to a you know contest because it's a movie it's entertainment you got to make the fucking thing as exciting mm-hmm. as possible you gotta so. make it
0: fun to watch yeah um yeah i i did know that um that the sack was a uh, was a black belt in, in kickboxing i didn't know it was under benny Arquides. that's mm-hmm. super interesting to know and that actually gives me a lot of motivation to watch that movie now it's I would just love to see that, and it's that just a really—it's
2: got a really clever sense of humor. I like everything about it. The soundtrack on it is often awesome. Mm-hmm. It's got a really cool blend of like a lot of '80s new wave and mm-hmm. kind of big '80s pop hits. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a super underrated movie
0: in general. Well, speaking of a movie with a lot of uh, throwback to uh, '80s new wave and and pop hits and stuff. What was your thoughts on uh, Spider-Man Homecoming when that came out? I know we're, we're a couple months behind the times on that, um, but I got something specific that I want to talk to about this.
2: Uh, well, number one, I'm going to start by saying I saw it at the drive-in, so I do feel like I didn't get the full, sure. like, really... Because you know how when you see big action, you, you yeah. never want to see a movie like that at the drive-in, because it's really difficult to see all the special effects, and it's, it's hard to get as lost in it. But with that being said, um, I thought it was pretty decent overall. It was, it was kinda like a lot of the other Marvel movies in the sense that... They're really, really fun when you go to see them. Overblown. Yeah, like but, yeah. but it's not like I'm, I probably am, I might, I probably won't watch it again. Not not because I didn't like it. I loved it. It was great, but it's just like you know, it was just a good solid Spider-Man it, movie. It was
0: a pass-through kind of Spider-Man movie to you. Yeah, think? I mean I thought it was about as
2: good as you're gonna. So, I like how they switched it up too. I like how right. they did stuff differently. Yeah. They didn't try to rehash the Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. Spider-Mans. They did their own thing. Because that's what those ones with Andrew Garfield that they came out mm-hmm. with a couple years back, those always felt like they were like like kind of within. It's like they were trying to recreate like that wasn't Toby Maguire feel from the Tobey Maguire no, ones. No,
0: so here my, my thoughts on the Andrew Garfield ones. Um, I liked very much his his personality as Spider Man. I thought he did a really good job of being that uh, impertinent asshole kid who's like right. i'm a kid with superpowers and i'm generally good but i'm still like talking shit to people while i'm yeah. fighting So i thought andrew garfield did a really good job of that uh but what i wanted to talk about with uh spider-man homecoming is i i just the other day watched uh the behind the scenes of that kind mm-hmm. of accidentally i didn't even mean to but i left a video on and uh it, it just kind of weaved into that and uh tom holland uh, I'm super impressed with him. He's like a ninja. He's like a fucking ninja. Yeah. He's like an he does action. parkour dude, and stuff. Dude, he's a legit gymnast. He's yeah. a dancer. And like you guys would be fucking shocked how much of those Spider-Man stunts that you see. Even the CGI Spider-Man, Tom Holland is actually doing that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he, he's it, very, very impressive. Yeah, it is going to blow your mind if you guys fucking watch this shit. Yeah. And he's like... Yeah, he's he's like a fucking white British Jackie Chan. He does yeah. all of his own stunts, and he like all the CGI Spider Man stuff is him with the fucking uh, with suit. the with the the receiver suit with all the little like bubbles the mo-cap on it, suit. yeah. So yeah. that that the camera picks it up and records Spider Man. That's what, yeah, the mocap suit, the mm. motion capture suit, and um, it's. All that crazy shit—the flips and jumps and climbs that he does—that's him actually doing that crazy shit. Yeah. So I I was
2: super impressed by, he, by he, that. He's a great Spider-Man. I do think he's the best Spider-Man yet. He's... I think he by far captures the feel. Mm-hmm. Toby Maguire liked, but he was too old. He was kind of whiny. I thought Toby Maguire was too whiny. I didn't, yeah.
0: I didn't. I didn't connect Toby Maguire. Andrew I Garfield.
2: Didn't... Now Andrew Garfield, I think, was too cool. I think he was too cool to be a Spider-Man.
0: He, was, uh, I, like, he
2: looked like a 16-year-old model that they threw a pair of shades on and were like, hey, he's dorky now.
0: I think uh, between Andrew Garfield and uh, Tom Holland, both of them British, by the way, I should throw that out there, yeah. uh, did very good American accents, very impressed with both of them. Mm. Um, Tom Holland hits it more on the head. Tom Holland yeah. hits more of a... Uh, well, he feels young. Yeah. I mean, he feels like he's... Even though he's like twenty two yeah. or something. The way he does the voice, everything about his character, I think he fucking hits the Peter Parker character on the head yeah. more. Um I thought Andrew, Michael Keaton was really good. Fucking Michael Keaton lady dick. It. Back, he, I I, fucking, I love Michael Keaton too. I'm, I'm I mean, who doesn't?
2: Writer. If you grew if you grew up in the nineties, you yeah. love Michael you Keaton because you probably is, love Batman.
0: Do you know his real name is Michael Douglas? No way. Really? <laughs> Holy shit. I That's just found crazy. This out the other day. So um he goes to uh, he goes to Melissa's friend's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister Melissa, her, her friend, uh, is a restaurant in Ventura, and uh, Michael Keaton's a regular there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes by the mm-hmm. name Doug because his real name is Michael Douglas. Wow! <laughs> so you think he just like got famous and was like, "Fuck, I can't be Michael Douglas. No, We've already got one of no, those." <laughs> no, his
2: agent from the get go. His agent was like, "Dude." You're
0: changing your name. <laughs>
2: this ain't happening. You know who Michael Douglas is. You know who is. Michael Douglas is. Crazy bastard. Fucking no, they made him change that right that, away. They're a franchise, the Douglases. Yeah. Kirk
0: and Michael? Um, you don't got a chance. It's all fine. No. I'll be a Keaton. Why not? But he was fucking incredible in that. He's Amazing. always good, though. I've I love been, Michael Keaton. I've been a major fan mm-hmm. of uh, Michael Keaton my entire life he's my favorite bruce wayne i, I yeah. to this day still my favorite not my favorite batman my favorite bruce, bruce wayne. wayne i don't think anyone has ever embodied the bruce wayne character better than michael keaton i agree uh he has that cool but still funny kind of like rich guy eccentric attitude he plays that that part really well then switches to batman where he's got to be more serious mm-hmm. and actually has like lives on the line and shit uh, I think the only real slip up in in Michael Keaton's career was White Noise. Can you think of another one? I no, uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I'm sure if you went down and you
2: really tried to break it down, there would be others. But yeah, I remember White Noise. It wasn't that great.
0: White um, Noise was a bit of a letdown. But um, he's had
2: a he's had a resurgence recently where he you know he was in uh well
0: he's he's gotten back into comedy. He's gotten, gotten back into yeah, comedy, like, but
2: then he had a few Oscar contenders too. Like he was in a spotlight and he was in. Dude, I fucking dude, loved Bird, him in Birdman.
0: Birdman was the movie of the year easily maybe the yeah. movie of the
2: decade no I, I love I, dude I, it's funny too cause I went to go see that with Ariana and she thought it was okay I was yeah, like well, I was fucking blown away with well, it I was I was fucking shattered by yeah. Birdman because I you like, felt like you were watching Michael Keaton's life like it, he, that's what it was it was it perfect was, yeah. and it then was, like that the, movie
0: was like made for him Birdman yeah. was Batman and
2: the energy like there was a lot of good things about Birdman number one if it was made it felt like it was made for Michael Keaton number two the way
0: you don't it was, come on my stage and get a massive erection unless yeah, I tell yeah, you to yeah. the way it, it was, was shot the camera
2: like frenetically like fucking follows everybody oh, absolutely um, it was Edward so Norton real it was is, so alive Edward Norton is fucking hilarious in it as his character like Edward everybody Norton, gave Edward, great performances yeah
0: Everybody kind of, in a way, played themselves who they yeah. are in 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 respect to the other characters. Uh, Michael Keaton was this aging character who was this aging actor who was defined by a role that he played early in his career, mm-hmm. Birdman. Otherwise, Batman. Yeah. Uh, Edward Norton, a younger actor, very hot in Hollywood, very respected and revered, but a notorious but asshole. A notorious <laughs> asshole played. A respected, revered, notorious asshole who yeah. would make your movie an A-lister if he joined in, but right. he is not going to be easy to work with. Yeah, and that was what he played. And uh, Zach Galifianakis was uh, the agent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he was fucking but great. He you know great. what, though,
2: I would, I would have to say, I would totally agree. That is in my top ten. In the last ten years, that would be probably. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's fucking, it's up, fucking there. up there. It's fucking up there. So it's one of the few movies cuz I don't really but, repeat... But you know what? It might be my number 1 because was, it's the only one that stands out as well. That's one what I was going to say favorite. too because and I, I would have to maybe consider it my number 1 as well because I'm not big on like I don't rewatch movies a lot unless I really like I've,
0: them. I've watched Birdman a couple times. And I've
2: wa- yeah, Birdman's one of the few movies that I've saw in the last 5 years that I re- I've re- already rewatched probably 5 times.
0: I absolutely was legitimately impressed with Birdman. It's almost um it's almost a hard movie to rewatch because it's so good because it's not in it's not a a, a laid back shut your brain off and watch no, movie. No, you're it's, very engaged yeah, when you're, you're watching Birdman. It's, it's almost like reading a book. You're yeah. not like you're not just shut down and watching it. You're yeah. fucking involved. Well, and
2: there's so many, just like, be, I just love, like, there, to me, there's just so many, like, beautiful lines in it. Like, mm-hmm. so much great, like, rich dialogue. Like Right. It's poetic. Yeah. For sure. It is. It's very, there's so many, like, even when Michael Keaton is just saying something in passing, you know, yeah. it's
0: just like, it's so if, good. If you are listening to this and you haven't watched Birdman, uh, please do yourself a favor improve your life and fucking set aside a couple hours of your life to watch yeah, this if, fucking if movie. If you're a fan like, of,
2: like, I don't see how you could be a fan of, a uh, you know, like, cl- like almost like more, I don't know, I guess for lack of a better term, like, artsy-type films, but fine, fine art-type okay, films. Okay, so um,
0: I'm, I'm going to break this down a little more specifically. This movie, it, the theme of this movie is acting. Yeah. The theme of it is acting. Now, it's not... It, 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 the story is based around a performance, um, and every every scene is dramatized by the monologues. It's all all of these actors in this movie get a chance to really show off their monologuing ability to to, to jump out and and throw a scene at you. And then there's even like there, there's clear cut lines between monologues and dialogues. When when a scene breaks out where two characters are conflicting you can see it when it starts up like uh the uh like the back and forth between edward norton and uh and michael keaton Mm -hmm. when he does the the one that i just fucking yelled out about the fucking getting a massive erection on stage yeah uh but they even break that into little sub monologues but it's all about the acting it's and everybody manages to do such a good job of acting just the right amount Mm -hmm. where they're not overacting and they're not acting poorly yeah uh if you enjoy movies if you have any interest at all in the production process of movies or theater i mean because they're working on a theater project but it is on a movie Mm -hmm. um if you have any interest in the production process of a movie or theater project This movie will have a lot to offer you but even if you just like fucking comedy it's a really goddamn funny movie yeah it is very much so very smart comedy very smart comedy uh you know what else is a really smart comedy Mm -hmm. that i've been watching lately i'm very into have you uh gotten a chance to check out silicon valley
2: no i you know i actually i watched the first episode of it way back like years ago when it first came out and i liked it it was good um I don't know why I just never followed up on it, but um, I've heard a lot of good things about it, though.
0: So all I can say is uh, whenever I talk about smart comedies, people a lot of the time want to jump in with um, Big Bang Theory, and uh, the problem with Big Bang Theory as a smart comedy is that it isn't fucking funny at all, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I, impossible to watch. So to, go to, ahead, To please. me, oh. sitcoms are just like so antiquated. Like yeah. I can't get into a sitcom right. nowadays. Not at all. Um, but... I recently started watching uh, Silicon Valley, and as a person who is moderately into tech, I'm I'm I, I do I do some some tech stuff on as a hobbyist. I do a little bit of stuff in school. I know I know a good amount of lingo as a tech person, and this show they had absolutely uh, they had actual software engineer consultants on this show making mm. sure that they were using the proper language and they were talking about the right things like it is a super fucking smart show and with uh, TJ Miller and uh, Kumail Nanjiani like fucking hilarious people on the show and the other guys I don't even fucking know their names but they fucking make me laugh my asshole off mm. and uh, um, it's uh, it's a Mike Judge film, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike course, Judge show. Fucking uh, King of the Hill. Yeah. Uh, same creator as King of the Hill. If you guys like King of the Hill, I'm sure you'll fucking get into this. It's not a similar type of comedy to King of the Hill. But there are connections. It's you almost kind of, kind of, of like an opposite of King of the Hill. It's very different. It's very different from King of the Hill. But, yeah. like, honestly, uh, my brother, I don't even think he knows how to turn a computer on. But he... <laughs> loves this fucking show he's watched every episode of he's all fucking caught up uh and and on the on the opposite side of that uh from him i'm a fucking like tech hobbyist and i fucking i'm i'm obsessed with it so like uh, I would give Silicon Valley a shot if you guys if you guys got time. It's super fucking funny.
2: Yeah, no, I'll definitely check that out. I um, like I said, I watched the first episode way way back
0: when, mm-hmm. but I just haven't I haven't followed through on it. TJ Miller just kills me in everything. Yeah, he's he's consistently really yeah. really good. He was. Uh, I, the first thing I remember him from was uh, She's Out of My League, how he had a Hall Oats cover yeah, band. That yeah, was the, the Hall & And then every time they would suggest playing
2: a different song, he'd be like, no, Hall & Oates.
0: We do Hall & Oates we songs. Oates. We're a Hall Oats cover band. <laughs> it was so
2: great. Yeah, he does a lot of voice acting, TJ mm-hmm. Miller. He's got a
0: very distinctive, he does. Uh, uh, he distinctive was, sound. He was one of the guys on uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Yes. I remember yes. that. Uh... Between animated things, um or rather unanimated things. Have you gotten a chance to see the Netflix Full Metal Alchemist non animated movie? No.
2: Um I have not. Well, let me give you my thoughts on it. <laughs> now I want to preface this by saying I wasn't even I wasn't really into the uh the original mm. Full Metal Alchemist anime. Okay, did you
0: watch Full Metal Alchemist or Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? No it was the original one the original it was one? it was way back like okay. yeah so the the anime that I watched was Brotherhood mm-hmm. uh, and the Full Metal Alchemist movie on Netflix was not uh it was it was based on Brotherhood mm-hmm so um, don't have a ton of stuff to say about it to be honest i I watched it uh, there's they do a really good job of sticking to the story um, they do a very good job of sticking the story, except for they they cut out some characters, like uh, the the big white guy with the little fucking uh, curl on his the little blonde curl on his forehead, who does uh, the stone magic, right? And he's like in love with the two main characters. He was like um, kind of insinuationally gay. Well, like wait a were. minute! I'm looking at pictures from it, and they do well. They looks like they're very faithful to the uh, character very design. very very faithful and you know what else was really impressive about it was it was extremely good graphics the graphics were fucking do, yeah very pristine
2: what's what's very odd to me though okay so they casted um they've got a uh an asian dude playing the the edward character right yes It's funny to me when these movies come out and people get all outraged, like when Ghost in the Shell came out and they Mm -hmm. casted Scarlett Johansson, they get all outraged. Well, why couldn't you cast an Asian actress in that part? It's so stupid because it's an American movie. You guys assume that because but but okay, but it's kind of insulting to the people who create the series because just because okay obviously if the series is made in japan let's say the characters mm-hmm. are going to speak japanese and whatnot right, right but you guys assume that all the characters that they made are also intended to be japanese you don't know that sure you know yeah, that's yeah. not a guarantee and it's an american movie so who gives a shit that, and that, it's gonna that's sell better saying, so, it's yeah. it's money like
0: it's funny how people will jump and go first of all that's I don't i don't care what race she is yeah. scarlett johansson as a naked robot, is going to sell well, anywhere. And the thing is, too, is
2: people will automatically jump and go, that's racist that they didn't cast somebody who's Japanese. It's like, no. It's not race. It's made in the United States, and it's a fucking... It's an American movie where they're all speaking English. Like, right. who cares? Like right, right, right. It's fucking... It's just about money at the end of the day. It's the same reason why when they make big giant like epic um you know like in china there's a huge like Mm -hmm. there's like a chinese hollywood
0: where they have their own market of movies and they'll do these big giant epics which which is also something that they touch on in um in silicon valley this guy's this guy's stealing all these uh this chinese guy is stealing all these uh american programs like facebook and and google and he has them as like chinese facebook chinese google and (laughs) And here's the thing that's ironic too is there
2: was a movie that just came out and i can't remember what it was called but it was like the biggest selling movie ever in china it was the highest grossing movie in china and it was like some like samurai type battle movie i don't remember what it was what it was called um but they had a white american dude starring in the main role 47 Ronin. Was that it? No. no.
0: <laughs> oh okay. There were, well, Unless that sold out in fucking uh China, but that was um that was Keanu Reeves in 47 Ronin. I don't know if it no, it wasn't that. But but they Which, but they had a By wife- the way, I fucking love that movie. It was really disappointing. It was a huge disappointment, but there are reasons for why that is. Don't give up on 47 Ronin, okay? It was a cool movie.
2: <laughs> well, and so like so with Full
0: Metal Alchemist, for
2: example, the main
0: character's name is like Edward, right? Yeah. Okay, so I think they're supposed to be like, um, I think they're supposed to be like Victorian English. right. They're so so um,
2: the show is based Victorian English. Yet because it was made by Japanese people, you assume that they made
0: this character Japanese. It's like so stupid. Now it's like, so
2: they can't make they can't make a piece of artwork that was based somewhere else.
0: Now Now Matt is branching off into the racial politics of the show. Now let me tell you guys what yeah, let's, I let's bring it
2: back like, down. Yeah. Let's bring it back <laughs> down. Let's
0: No no no. I, I really love where you're going with that. But you kind of like once we got there, what I really wanted to point out was the things that I really like about the show. Yeah. Not just the movie, but the show and what the movie did well. Um I like creepy stuff. I like horror movie stuff and I like uh, I like dark things, but I also like badass fucking superhero shit. So in Full Metal Alchemist, it combines both of those really well. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist is uh, based on the concept of the Philosopher's Stone, and they're seeking the Philosopher's Stone to restore their their dead mother and uh, and the main character Edward's brother who. Didn't die, but he lost. He his spirit wasn't killed, but he lost his body to like the ethereal world when they tried to transmute their mother out of uh, materials in the beginning. So, very creepy shit happened in that. Very dark stuff, uh, where involving spirits and demons, um, and throughout the entirety of the show, there's this underlying theme of uh of these sort of evil schemes these dark schemes that happen based on these uh these demon-esque characters called homunculi and the homunculi are like people who can't die that have special gifted powers based on the fact that they were created on in an unnatural way through Through alchemy, which alchemy in this series is tantamount to magic, um, and uh, the magic is limited in the sense that you can't create without the prior existence of something. Like there's a there's a balance to it. There's as much give as there is take one can't make gold out of rock or steel so to speak i suppose gold would come from rock if it was the right kind of rock but in the movie uh the movie does a really good job of taking some of my favorite my most iconic scenes uh of the show which of the of the well, well, like 67 episodes or something that it was it was quite a few episodes there there the the iconic scenes were spread out. There there were very dark moments in certain specific areas that uh, that were only secluded to those those points. And um, the movie seemed to hit all my favorite ones. Uh, now, <clears throat> that being said, of all the things I liked about it, what I would really say about the movie is that. If you're going to watch it very critically You're gonna hate it Because the acting Even through the the language and culture barrier Is so bad It's almost unbearable The acting is You're watching it like In, in mild pain From how bad these fucking actors are It is shocking <laughs> um, It's as if what I, what I really noticed was it's as if they are um, trying to act as if they are anime characters in the, in the animated version of the show, mm. which doesn't work when you're a real flesh and blood human being. It doesn't make sense. No. You have to adjust it. You have to have adjust heard, it. They've been
2: talking about for years now. They've been talking about doing a live action version of Akira and a live action version of Cowboy Bebop. And I remember for the longest time, they were rumored to be having a Keanu Reeves play Spike Spiegel. God, so I, was I would like, like Man, that. Man, that would be perfect casting. I would fucking
0: love that. I would, perfect casting. I, I was about to get really uncomfortable when you were talking about this because Cowboy Bebop is literally like one of my favorite pieces of media of all time. Yeah. And, uh,. I could really see Keanu Reeves doing it because he because he, cause he looks Asian, but he yeah, isn't. But
2: he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's from like uh, I was really surprised the other day. I saw he's this Canadian. Video. He's Canadian, yeah. but even but he's not Canadian either. What? He was born in like Lebanon. What? So that that explains the. Uh... I always my entire life heard Keanu Reeves was Canadian. He is Canadian. He grew up in Canada, but he was born. I think he was like a. Um... I'll look it up right now. Uh, he. I think he grew up with foster parents in a uh, in
0: so Canada what I, I want to well, say What I have heard is that on top of being a really cool guy just in general uh yeah. Keanu Reeves has a really dark life like he's his life has been like riddled with misfortune and uh, yeah, people people around well. him that he that he cares for dying and stuff and like he gives most of his money to charity basically he's like the best celebrity. He was born in Beirut, Lebanon.
2: Wow. But he is Canadian. He's listed as Canadian. Um, he's 53. Jesus Christ, this guy ages good.
0: Yeah. Should we all be so lucky? Yeah, so <clears>
2: no, okay, and he wasn't adopted. He those are his uh his real parents, but he just happened to be born in uh his father is American from Hawaii is of Chinese, English, Irish, Native American and Portuguese descent. So man, he's like a He's a mix of everything. His grandmother was uh Chinese he's, and Hawaiian though. So that explains he's, it. He's got some Asian him. Okay. He is Asian.
0: He's he's what we're all gonna look like in uh in another thousand years when we're all completely mixed. He is, yeah, because he, he's got everything. Keanu Reeves right. is the is the gray the gray American. Yeah. Um fascinating. I, I didn't know that. Oh. Uh Did I,
2: you hear about Bill and Ted? No. They're going to do a new Bill and Ted. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are both set to return, along with the series creator and original director. What are they going to do
0: about George Carlin? Um, He's, I don't know. (laughs) I know, I know. George Carlin's out of the picture. That's obvious. But it's Bill and Ted. Are they gonna Are they gonna do like the uh, the the Tupac and Michael Jackson thing, where they just recreate him with with graphics, or are they gonna, or are they gonna just get some guy who looks kind of like that to play that character?
2: I don't know. Um, I have no clue. But hey, they got Bill and Ted, all right. I'm fucking happy about
0: that. I love it
2: can you believe that that movie's 30 fucking 31 years old
0: now who gives a shit i love it
2: oh wait no it's not 31 because it came hey, out in uh, 89 an okay, artful so it's not
0: quite 31 an artful masterpiece like bill and ted does not age
2: um yeah i mean hey bill and ted that's the it, i can and i heard a rumor that they were going to have the uh the offspring of both of them in the movie, both okay. of their children. So I'm kind of curious to see what route they take
0: I, that. I always worry about that when people do that. Like when um like when Johnny Depp and Kevin Smith No did not their that actual y- sorry not oh, their real okay, real life oh, excuse just, me.
2: they'll just have kids in the movie.
0: Alright, I was gonna say like when uh when when Kevin Smith and Johnny Depp uh, their children made yoga hosers and it was yeah, one of was the worst horrible. movies of all time. First of all Every opportunity in the world to make a decent movie. The fucking highest budget that you could fucking put. And great, great directing, great fucking writing stuff. And they made fucking yoga hosers. Which, the only redeemable scene in that movie was fucking, um... What's his name? God damn it. The funny guy. Uh... Oh, God. Why can't I think of his name right now? From, uh... From Waiting? Um funny guy from waiting yeah the main justin character. long justin long plays the uh plays their yoga instructor mm. and he fucking kills it i i'm not gonna i could
2: th- see justin long in that role i That's recommend really you good... guys
0: just watch the yoga instructor scene on yoga hosers don't watch the rest of the movie but it's one of the funniest scenes of a movie ever it's so fucking funny but <laughs> uh, <laughs> His name is Hunter
2: Calloway in the movie. Mhm. That's Oh wait, no, Yogi Bayer. Yeah, Actually, he's Yogi Bayer. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yogi Bayer. That sounds pretty funny. I could see Justin Long in that role. Um it's super good. The movie is unwatchable. It's literally like I've I've put myself through some fucking stinkers before. Don't worry. We watched uh sla- we watched Slaughter High this morning. <laughs> but <laughs> But uh that is an, a god awful movie. I, I've never actually sat
2: down, and I had always heard it was really bad, but I never actually sat down and tried to watch it. I
0: don't recommend you try. Yeah,
2: it's that bad.
0: I got another bad movie for you that I wanted to kind of uh, touch on. Uh, did you hear about the Bad Batch with bad with bad. Jason Momoa?
2: I don't believe so. No.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna give you a little rundown of this. Uh, I want to tell. I want to preface this for everybody who's listening. Uh, don't watch this movie because it sucks. Mm. But uh, this is a movie that had everything going for it. Everything, all the potential in the world. It was a Mad Max civilization. Also, Keanu Reeves. By the way. Oh, in, really? Yeah. It's, it's got Jason. Jason Momoa, and, Jason Keanu Momoa and Keanu Reeves. It's a Jim Carrey isn't and it? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey plays this homeless guy with no lines. Uh, and what a waste. Oh, you have Jim Carrey yeah. in your movie and don't give him lines? No that's lines. Like having,
2: that's like having Arnold Schwarzenegger in your movie and not having him like punch somebody. Yeah, right? Stupid.
0: <laughs> exactly. So Jim Carrey has no lines. He has a big disheveled beard and uh, he wears these sunglasses. So he's basically... You can't even really recognize him as Jim Carrey. Um, Keanu Reeves is the leader of this uh, sort of faction out in this Mad Max world. So... The, the opening scene is this really pretty little cute blonde girl gets thrown into um, like the Bad Batch territory which is like this spot in Texas which is sort of a escape from New York kind of society where it's like alright when you've been deemed unfit for society we put you here mm-hmm. within this patch of desert where nobody can survive there are these cannibals and there's a lot of dangers, and it's like, wow, this is interesting. Right off the bat, first scene of the movie, I'm not giving anything away by telling you this. This girl gets fucked up. They eat they fucking kidnap her, and they fucking Jason Momoa saws off her fucking arm and leg and this happens fuck, to the main character. Yeah.
2: Suki, is it the Suki Waterhouse girl?
0: I don't know what her name is, but yeah, she's a cute blonde girl, real pretty. Yeah. Um yeah. Damn. She's got she's got nudies, by the way. <laughs> Suzuki Waterhouse or whatever. Suki yeah. Waterhouse. Oh, Suki Waterhouse. She's a fucking cutie. She's yeah. She's got a nice little nice little body. And uh, she's got fucking selfies online. You guys look her up. But uh <laughs> She's got bathroom selfies. Uh, but yeah. Just love the internet. She just gets fucking um, she gets sought up by Jason Momoa uh her him and a party of people fucking eat her eat her fucking arm and leg and she escapes and ends up in this other encampment where uh where um fucking uh keanu reeves is like the leader of this place and he's giving everybody lsd and stuff and he's just like you know what this place is paradise. We're having a good time out here. This is what life is about, and he's basically like giving everybody this whole cultic fucking preaching thing. Um, so she gets her hands on a gun, and you think she's going to go on this fucking rampage. It's going to be really exciting, and you know. And then she runs into Jason Momoa again, who's looking for his daughter, and you think there's going to be all this conflict. But there isn't. Hmm. They just kind of end up hanging out with each other. And then they're like, cool. So was
2: it one of those things where you think the director was trying to really like subvert people's expectations and just be like. I think it was.
0: I think it was an attempt at that. But what it ended up being was a complete lack of plot. Yeah. Like what ended up happening was actually nothing. There was was a, a bit of lead up. There was excellent setting. It was very they, the setting was very exciting. They set the stage for a movie that you really wanted to watch. Everything up to everything up in the rising action was very exceptional. You're just like the 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 way that the whole world looked. Um, the characters were interesting. Uh, the way that you thought everything was gonna go. It seemed very interesting and then it sort of started to fade out. It sort of it started to fizzle out about a half hour into the movie. Mm. Then there was no climax and then there was no falling action and there was the end What just happened. It just suddenly the credits started rolling. It was like nothing got resolved. There kind of wasn't a conflict aside from the fact that this girl Wanted to get revenge and didn't. And then the movie just ended. Sounds horrible. It was really disappointing. <laughs> uh, and uh, I I actually was like looking at this movie for a while waiting to watch it. Because I thought it seemed... It, it appeared really interesting. And when it actually came about, it it really wasn't. Did we talk about Hotel
2: Artemis? No, I don't, I don't know what that is. That's a, it's a new one coming out. It's got a uh, Dave Bautista... It's got uh, Jodie Foster, um, b- a bunch of other big actors. It's about, um, supposedly, that's that's got a lot of hype around it. That one is, uh, it's about, um, it's almost like a, you know how in John Wick they have the uh, the hotel for all the hitmen and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Well, Hotel, Ar- or no, is it, no, what did I say? Hotel Artemis? Artemis? Is it called Hotel Artemis? Let me, let me double check this.
0: Double check that. I'm going to refresh my beverage. Yeah.
2: <laughs> For those of you guys listening to in somebody out there knows and they're probably like
0: you're a fucking
2: idiot. It's not Hotel Artemis. You it's not Hotel Hassle. Artemis. Or it is hotel it's Artemis. Hotel Argentina. <laughs> okay, it is Hotel Hotel Artemis. Um so remember in uh, John Wick how they had the uh in, if you guys remember in John Wick, they have like a uh, a hotel for uh called the Continental for um all the hitmen and stuff and it's specifically for hitmen. Hotel Artemis is like it's like a, I think it's like a hospital. Um, it's for, a hotel uh, for doctors, for killers. <laughs> Here, let me read the fucking the the synopsis because I sound like a moron. Uh, set in riot torn near future Los Angeles, Hotel Artemis is an original high octane action thriller starring Jodie Foster as the nurse who runs a secret members only hospital for criminals. Jodie Foster is joined by an all-star cast that includes Sterling K. Brown, Sophia Botella, Jeff Goldblum, Brian Tyree Henry, Jenny Slate, Zachary Pintle, Charlie Day, and Dave Bautista. Um, so they got quite the uh, rap sheet of actors here that are going to be in it. Um,
0: there's at least five of them. Yeah,
2: and there's a lot of hype around it. There's <laughs> at least five. And there's a lot of hype around it. I've heard a lot of like good things about it. Um, there's no reviews up for it yet on uh on Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, heard it was good.
0: Oh, so what do we know about it? We just know that it's uh, it's about killers in this uh, well, exclusive. I, uh, I, killers in in the sense of hitmen, or killers in the sense of like they're fucking murderers, and this is like a safe haven. It's just cr- it says through. criminals, so I think it's a mix of both. Okay. Um, but
2: I yeah, I know that uh, I first heard it because. Uh, Dave Bautista was talking about it on an interview and apparently wherever whatever film festival they debuted it at it got very high praise and mm-hmm. there was a lot of people wanting to pick it up and buy it and so apparently it's supposed yeah. to be good
0: now we've talked about this before on the podcast but I'd, I'd like to reiterate this at the, like I feel like this is a good point in time uh, I like Bautista <laughs> I, I, back to Batista. Yeah. I think well, I think Batista is very self aware. He seems like a really cool guy. He kind of is like the new The Rock. Like he's yeah. breaking into movies, and he's he seems kind of like in a, a weird just way. though. Guy. He
2: seems like less cocky than The Rock. He seems well, there, almost more uh, a lot under, of
0: a lot of what we like about The Rock is, is how cocky. cocky yes, yeah. if, if but,
2: for for those of you that don't follow pro wrestling, that was the whole The Rock character. Yeah. He but, would
0: just berate
2: people, mm. talk about how great he is. He called himself the Great One yeah so,
0: and and batista on the other hand is kind of just like this likable kind of semi-arrogant he kind of is drax like his his character yeah. reminds me of, his his character in general reminds me a lot of uh drax from from guardians of the galaxy the and, and, I, and i do have
2: it. to critique
0: myself from
2: uh i was hating on batista a little bit in his mma debut um but he actually has. I think he. They said he has a black belt. It's either a purple belt or a black belt in jujitsu. Oh, well, could have so fooled he's me. <laughs> yeah. Well, well no, hey, this no, fight was a while back, so you know, maybe he's yeah. uh, improved since. Uh, you know um, what?
0: I I don't think we touched on because I did re-listen to that podcast that we recorded. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we touched on this, and I meant to. His ground and pound was actually very good. Was um, it? Well,
2: how could it not be? He's a fucking gorilla,
0: dude. I'm telling you, his balance and the way that he threw. It. First of all, for those of you who have no experience whatsoever in, in MMA, ground and pound is more art than skill. Uh, you can't really teach someone to be good at ground and pound. You can you can you can improve someone's ground and pound, but you can't really teach it. There's something about it where. When you hit someone on the ground, when you get a when you get a dominant position and you strike someone, you are giving up balance, and there's a there's a fine line between giving up balance and losing position, you know. Mm-hmm. And he did a really good job of throwing wide, hard swings without giving up his position and doing damage from the top. Like I was very impressed with that. I think he did a really good job. And that, that was the biggest thing that I was impressed with. He had a really nice inline double to, a, uh, to an outside single. Got a, got a takedown with that. Not that um, Scott Coker had a chance of stopping that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Scott Coker. But, uh, but once he got him down, he started doing some real effective ground and pound. And uh,
2: he uh, it says here, most recently, he trained at Caesar Gracie Jiu-Jitsu under Caesar Gracie and has become a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I don't know if that means he got his purple belt from Caesar Gracie, but if he did, that's a pretty legit purple yeah. belt. Caesar Gracie, about as Definitely. legit as it gets. Yeah. Um. So yeah, big ups to Dave Batista. Sorry right. if I uh, we were a little critical yeah. of you there, Ma- Dave.
0: Dave, if you're listening, we like you.
2: <laughs> we're fans. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dave Bautista I always thought he was He always had a really good uh, Sense of humor to him in WWE Like when he became Bautista when he first came out in WWE Was very much They always debut big guys Like Dave Bautista and Brock Lesnar The same way in Mm -hmm. WWE they come out and they just fucking destroy some really tiny dudes. Yeah. Like they just power bomb the shit out of They just put, of them. put them out there with some little, yeah. like,
0: fucking Japanese guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's always the same shit. Like, fucking Fedor style and Pride. Yeah, just exactly. put them in with some fucking. And, little... uh, and in pro wrestling terms, they
2: call them, like, big guys or heaters or mm. they're just big dudes. Um, but when he first came out, that's what he was. And then later on, when he turned heel, turned into a bad guy, they allowed him to be more of a uh, kind of outlandish character and there's this really funny segment they had him do um like like uh, when he first left WWE in 2010 where he's he's sitting in the ring with a cast on his arm and like a sling and he's in a wheelchair and he's got sunglasses on and he's got a black eye and he's got a mic in his hand and he's just like yelling into the microphone about how the fans don't appreciate him enough and he's going to leave this toilet and go to Hollywood. And he's threatening to quit. And the audience is just like cheering for him to quit. And he's like, you want me to do it? I quit! And, and then before you left. know
0: it, he's one of the biggest actors in fucking Hollywood. <laughs> that's, and a, that's the fucking, ironic part about yeah.
2: it. Is he quit, he left, and he became... He's in the biggest movie of all
0: time now. Yeah. It's crazy. Has a huge role in one of the biggest movies yeah. of all time. It's uh, pretty nuts. And you know what? Good for him. I thought it was fucking dope when i saw him on man with the iron fists and he was the fucking yeah. like metal guy that
2: was one of his earliest. he was uh, brass body yeah. that was one of his earliest roles he also played um also i played also- he played uh what's his name in uh the kickboxer remake yeah he was tong po but that tong was more po. recent that was yeah. very recent
0: actually yeah. um i'd like to throw that out for you guys uh who enjoy kung fu style movies this movie did not get very popular and a lot of people disliked it for a number of reasons which I can absolutely appreciate. But Man with the Iron Fists followed a very classical Kung Fu style. Like Wu Tang, they're they're Kung Fu fans.
2: They're also I, I, yeah, they're also really into um they're just like dorks. They're like the original dorks of yeah. hip-hop because they're yeah. really into comic books. I know, I remember listening to an interview, I think... Well, was, that's what I fucking uh, like about them. Yeah, like, well, I remember I was listening to an interview with either the RZA or um, or Method Man, and they were talking about how they just, like, loved the Silver Surfer growing mm-hmm. up, and they were really into... Well, the, they,
0: they make the references. Cosmic, the yeah. cosmic uh, side of the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe, so they must be loving yeah. all these fucking Avengers movies. Well, they, they fucking make references in all their fucking songs about that shit. Yeah. Like... Uh, but it was really like I fucking liked Man with the Iron Fists for a lot of reasons. I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm not saying it was everything that I wanted it to be, but it was a definitely exciting and super fun movie. I
2: think I uh, watched that with you, I want to say.
0: Probably. Yeah. Um And for those of you who don't know, Netflix released a sequel to Man with the Iron Fists no that was way, really. a about a quarter of the budget <laughs> isn't that how it, had, it so you're that? telling me
2: it's the never back down to oh um, yeah that universe no, no no
0: and you know what it wasn't that bad it was still shitty did anybody return to uh to uh do any of the originals no just uh just Riza mm-hmm. and uh shang sung from uh mortal kombat i don't know what the guy's what? they name had is. shang sung in yeah, it yeah he was he was on that and, uh, wow, I love that dude Yeah, he was great he's, he's a fucking classic action movie guy It's a shame he hasn't been in more Yeah Well, he has been in a lot of shit, though But, like, you know, you gotta kind of look for it Wait but. a minute Oh, Rizza did the screen Are you sure yeah. Riza
2: wasn't in the second one?
0: Rizza was in the oh, second one. Oh you said he was. Yeah. Okay. He he was the main character in the second one. That's right. Yeah. It he was actually there. more involved in the second one than he was in the first one. Yeah, this one it
2: says he did the screenplay, story, starring. Mm-hmm. He didn't it direct it. It wasn't
0: that bad. It was it really like for how cheap it was, I feel like the uh the budget didn't match the story. Mm-hmm. Um The the screenplay mm-hmm i don't know about all that like it was, it was it was a little rough on the writing you could tell like the acting wasn't as bad as the writing was but uh it was it was good i like i like the action of it It was fun to watch um the guy who played uh shang sung his name is carrie hiroyuki tagawa that's a that's a bit of a mouthful that's yeah a, that's a full name apparently he's a japanese
2: united states and russian Wow, a gentleman of the world. He's an American actor, sports psychologist, martial artist, and stuntman. Wow, it's so interesting. He'd be a great guy to have on the podcast.
0: We should uh, reach out to him. Yeah, so interesting.
2: (laughs) It's so interesting in the amount of shit you could find out just by simply like just googling somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2013, Tagawa started working with Orthodox Christian actors, specifically. uh, He was baptized in 2015 in the Russian Orthodox Joy of All Sorrow Church in Moscow. So apparently, he's uh, quite religious, I want to say? He seems like he's evangelical. He's really into this stuff. Quite
0: interesting. Um, Yeah, he should be in more stuff. Yeah, I, I fucking love him. He was dope as Shang Sung. It's weird that he, he usually plays villains. He it's, was the perfect Shang Sung. How could someone be a better Shang Sung than he was? Your brother's asshole is mine. <laughs> how about Robin Shu? Is that his name? Robin Shu, who played lu Kang? Is that who I, he, think so. I don't know what his fucking name is. I'm, I think it's Robin Shu sounds um, good to me he was great as Luke kang too that uh, whole, the, I really... the guy from beverly hills ninja yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's
2: forever gonna be known for dude
0: he's the brother on beverly hills ninja it's fucking great yeah
2: yeah robin Sh- shu or shao he's already 57 that's fucking crazy yeah
0: but he'll never age he's asian
2: no he looks really good i, I saw something with him recently and i was like so shocked at how great he looks um Apparently he was in. Does he fight. still
0: have an 18 pack?
2: I don't know. I'm gonna like, go. He's a got of Robin the most
0: shredded abs ever. Like Robin Shoe 2018. Um, Robin Shoe Abs 2018.
2: Hopefully he does. More power to him. If yeah,
0: he does. I I fucking hope he does. This is one of my childhood. Doesn't show idols. any pictures
2: with uh, any pictures of his abs now. It's just well, yeah. here's one that. No, I don't know how recent that is. This guy still looks good, though. Still looks like he's uh, he's doing the thing. He's out there uh, making it happen. Good for him. I'm more impressed with his chest than his abs, personally. I'm also impressed with his lack of nipple. He seems oh, man. to have no nipple. His
0: his nipple-to-peck ratio was always impressive. <laughs> zero nip there. He's Should... just like a perfectly sculpted action figure with yeah. no nip just a little just a little dash of pink there just to let you know that he's a human being He's like nothing it's like on his under i'm pretty sure he was taking some growth hormone well it's like um he's got a little guy do you remember do you remember uh, Josh Little Big Sanchez yeah, i just saw him not that long ago yeah he, uh, he was I've in been, our gym not i've that been long in before. touch with him uh, him lately on like inst- instagram and stuff like classic team terror shout out boom uh, but i remember him telling me i think it was about his brother Mm -hmm. he's saying like as buff as he was for how small he was he was like my brother's like twice as strong as me his nipples point at the ground (laughs) it's like (laughs) if you look straight at him you can't even tell once you're
2: uh that's funny i never thought of it that way yeah but once your uh pecs really start to get developed your nipples just drop right yeah
0: they just point straight down because what are you supposed to do like where where do your nipples go when you're when your muscles start pushing so far out, your nipples can't stay in front of that forever. No, they got to go somewhere. Well, so got anything um, else to cover here? Yeah, there's a couple a couple things I've seen recently that I just wanted to throw out there. Um Did you catch Batman Ninja yet? The, no, I haven't the, watched it yet. The 3D wrapped anime. I saw the uh, I saw uh, the uh,
2: the the trailer for it and everything. It looks really really good. I think, but uh, uh, I've heard okay. it was great.
0: So I was I was concerned about Batman Ninja when I watched the trailer for it because one loved loved it in theory. I thought this looked like a really cool movie, but I really didn't like the animation style. I do not like it when they take anime and they make it kind of 3D. We talked about this before about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. about Berserk. It was it was that same type of. Uh, but
2: there has been instances where I do like it. Like um, I like when they did it in the animatrix. Sure. Um, but yeah, generally I agree with you. Generally, I don't like it for the most Most part. of the
0: time, I'm I'm concerned. I don't like it. But uh, I took a couple notes on uh, on Batman Ninja. I thought it was um, first of all awful title. Yeah, yeah, like, they could have came like, up with they, something. They better They could than have that. done a little better than that. Even if yeah. they just did Ninja Batman, yeah, if they just <laughs> that sounds it, better, if they, if they reverse the title to Ninja Batman, then that would have been like waves better. But yeah. that's okay. Um, at the, least, it, the, at least, it's very no.
2: self-explanatory. It gets to this the point. is you, Batman Ninja. You know what this you're is, getting into yeah. when you're watching Batman Ninja.
0: So. Uh, Pretty cool. So, Grodd, you know, uh, Gorilla Grodd, the psychic, super genius gorilla, uh, creates a time machine. He's a famous Flash villain. Right, but DC villains are interchangeable. So, um, he creates a time machine, basically takes Batman back in time with uh, his friends and villains and everything. And um, they end up, for some reason, in Japan when they go back in time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, something about that that animation style—I just felt like I was watching a cutscene on a video game. That was the thing that just really took me out of it. Is I was waiting for a break, where I was going to start playing Batman, you know, mm-hmm. it really felt like that. Um, and now, what they did though—that that, that really—that really helped a lot was the background scenes like the scenery of of the movie was hand drawn and it had a very classical japanese style like with the cherry blossoms and the sunsets and mountain ranges the very classical japanese art style it was very beautiful very perfect and um it really helped with uh with recapturing your attention it was very nice to look at Mm -hmm. um there was, there, there was a couple interesting things that I I, I I am recounting now as I go over my notes. But there was a uh, one point where Batman, uh, or where where Bruce Wayne, it, he meets up with Catwoman, who happens to have also been transported back in time, and he goes undercover as a monk. Now. You know, you know how monks sometimes shave the top of their head in a, in a perfect circle. That as like isn't that like mandatory as a monk? Right, that's a that's a monk thing. You
2: know, one time I was at Albertsons in Rio Grande and I saw a group of like twelve monks. Well, there's a. The shopping.
0: Uh, I think there's a monastery in like Pismo, isn't there? Oh there's no shit! Buddha, Maybe I, that's where they were I, from. I'm not sure. I might be thinking of something else. But they but, looked like they yeah. were straight from China. Like I, I'm pretty sure they were tourists. Okay. Well, I, I think there's a Buddhist monastery in in Pismo, but I'm I'm not. Don't don't quote me on that. But um, it's probably just a hand job parlor. It might be just a job parlor. That's hand what it sounds like to me. <laughs> uh, so it's a Buddhist hand job parlor. So Bruce Wayne has the top of his head shaved, mm-hmm. but. On the top of his head, where where it's shaved, the, the monk-style uh, head shave, he has a bat symbol for some fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. I can't explain this. I can't make sense out of it. I don't know why that is. For some reason, on his bald spot, there is a full-blown bat, bat symbol filling it in. Um, so you don't like that? That I disapprove <laughs> of because it doesn't make any sense, especially for the fact that he's trying to blend in. He's just pretending to be a monk. He's hanging out and like,
2: well, um, yeah, you're right. That doesn't make it. Uh, I was going to try uh, and defend yeah, it in some way it. just because I love the idea of somebody having that no,
0: no, no. signal shaped into their head. But. I fucking do too. I want to see th- I want to walk out into the world and see someone looking like that. I want to see that happen. But it doesn't make any fucking sense for this for this particular... There is somebody out there who has this already. I fucking guarantee you. And if there isn't yet, there is now. There should be. I hope we have that effect on the world, that there's some monk out there with a bat symbol tattooed on the top of their head. hmm So, um... There is a pretty brutal scene where uh, the Red Hood, uh, Jason Todd... Mm-hmm. Oh, also, uh, they're all all of the robins are present in this movie. All of them. All of the Robins? All of the Robins. There's. Um, Do they just play, like, different Robins? Dick Grayson, or? Jason Todd. Uh, Dick Grayson is there as Nightwing. Jason Todd's there as Red Hood. And then there mm. is Red Robin. I don't know who Red Robin is. I've never fucking <laughs> heard of that. He's a. He serves <laughs> He serves. Uh, he has a utility belt full of unlimited french fries, <laughs> full of, uh, b- full of uh, french fry seasoning. Um. <laughs> no i don't know who red robin is i've never fucking heard of red robin before i'm a fucking big batman fan and i've never fucking heard of red robin Maybe
2: they made him and then up, uh, and then
0: damien is there too mm-hmm. and for some reason damien is a very normal robin he just acts the way you would expect robin to act you know damien is sort of characterized by his defiance of oh batman. you know what i'm sorry i just googled red robin i have seen this character before which one is red robin him, i don't even me... know i don't know any info on him
2: i just remember i used to, i had some comics that had him in he
0: just him. looks like robin from yeah here, well like the him. version
2: i seen was this one where he's got the uh like the mask thing over his face
0: okay but uh, The one i'm assuming the one they had that looks a little basic I, i've never seen that before i'm i'm still uh unfamiliar with red robin um also again you guys uh shoot us some comments Talk some shit about me not knowing who Red Robin is. I'd yeah. love to hear it. But um so uh Damien is very uh is is very Robin esque, he's very subservient, he's more of like a Dick Grayson style Robin where he's very just like okay, Batman, what, what do we do? Like mm. um, Jason Todd? No, uh Damien. Oh, Damien. Okay. Uh, Jason Todd is Red Hood. And so Jason Todd... Okay, Jason's has a, like a little prick. Dude, Jason Todd has a very interesting scene. Mm. Very interesting. Like, they change the animation style and everything for Jason Todd's scene. Mm-hmm. So Jason Todd has a very violent scene where he approaches an amnesiatic uh, Joker and Harley Quinn mm-hmm. and fucking assaults them brutally. They are... Living a peaceful life on a farm, raising crops. <laughs> Are they like reformed? They're literally uh, amnesiatic. Villains? They do not remember Oh, they being, know nothing. Yeah, they know nothing. Hmm. And Jason Todd like violently assaults them and puts a gun in Joker's face and all kinds of crazy shit. Um Let me see. Uh and I'm not gonna. I don't want to give too much away about that scene, so I'm just gonna let you guys marinate on that. But, uh. Yeah, I'd been wanting to see that, so. And I heard it's gotten, like, a lot of really high praise, so. I I wouldn't give it too high a praise, uh. But it it is good. It's not my favorite of the Batman or or DC uh, animated movies. Um. There's another scene where, uh, Grodd is, is, is forming a revolution, and. He throws the quote out there, let's get down to business. And I couldn't help oh, God. but refer- but reference Mulan in that sense. Yeah, Let's get it, down to business to defeat the Huns. Would you agree,
2: but, uh, Batman Ninja currently has a 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, would you agree with that assessment?
0: 83% is good. I think that's a fair assessment. However, 52% of the audience liked it. Fifty-two percent is fucking half. What do you what do you want me to say about that? Do <laughs> you say it's somewhere in between? I think it's better than a fifty percent. I think it was good. I liked it. I, yeah, I just I don't even care about the audience score anyways
2: because the audience are idiots. So there
0: there was a uh, there was a point where oh you know what okay here's something they over Japanified it. All right, I fucking forgot about this till I found this in my notes right now. All right, mm-hmm. so. <clears throat> They over they over Japanified it where they um there was a point in the end of it where it became like a uh, Transformers style thing. There's a giant oh. Batman and giant uh giant robot. Like a mech suit. Yeah. And kind of there was a large amount of high advanced technology in the um there's a high high technology in feudal Japan. And it was like, alright. That kind of it defies the point in the sense that we are watching this to watch Ninja Batman. Not fucking super high-tech Batman. You know, we yeah. want to watch Batman with swords and fucking no technology. Yeah. <laughs> so we did find
2: a... Uh, there is someone. We did find somebody with a uh, Batman symbol shaved into their head. Not so quite what I expected.
0: The, to... Just to let you guys know, well, yeah, I I didn't realize how <laughs> unclearly I explained this. Um, it was it was the monk style perfect circle shaved into his head, right. and he had a bat symbol tattooed <laughs> the, onto his head. Wait, so was the the bat symbol was so as to say, say that both Bruce Wayne separate a tattoo separate from the monk style thing. So the monk shaved head. Mm-hmm. And within the shaved, bald portion of his head, there was a tattoo. Oh, of the bat Oh, okay, symbol. all right. Now I finally get it.
2: I also found a picture of a girl who has the bat symbol tattooed on her boobs.
0: God, and I it's would a smash. Horrible <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> horrible tattoo. But I would smash. <laughs>
2: um, have you ever seen? Uh, well, this could probably, you probably have seen it, but I just watched the other night Harold and Kumar go to Guant- Guantanamo Bay. Have you ever seen that? Awful. <laughs> so, unbearable. So I watched it for the first time in, like, ten years the other night. I, it wasn't great, but I did find certain parts of it surprisingly funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, um, It was funny. It was funny.
0: It was, <laughs> like, it's one of those super awful funny things. Yeah. Like, it, well, what I was
2: really... And we touched on this before, but as I was watching it, what I was really surprised by, it was, like, man, this movie really couldn't be made today. Like, it is so... <laughs> un-PC in every way possible i mean they literally go to quantanamo bay and have to escape and like there's this really there's a scene that just had me dying laughing and it's uh where the uh the the uh the guard comes in and he tells them they're gonna have to eat a cock meat sandwich they're like, asking him, they're like asking him what a cock meat sandwich is and uh and then, then, then uh, the guard like tells them to get on their knees, and they're about to have to eat the cock meat sandwich. And the of other course. two terrorists that are in the cell next to him are laughing at them. They're like, "Oh, they have to eat the cock meat sandwich." And I just thought that was hilarious. That was the main part so, that stood out for me.
0: Uh, Harold and Kumar really, uh, Harold and Kumar really impressed impressed me with their ability to make. Simple humor, super funny. Like one of my all-time favorite moments in a movie, as far as humor goes, is Ugh, "Bullets, my only weakness." How did you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Harold and Kumar. I feel like they're almost kind of. I loved in the first Harold and Kumar the uh, the extreme dudes. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Oh, extreme, yeah. Chatter. extreme chatter. Extreme chatter. <laughs> uh, there's like a scene when they're driving. In. Did you ever see Better Luck Tomorrow? No. Okay, that's a, so that's a deep reference because it was this movie that came out. It's really really good movie actually. It was directed by Justin Lin, the guy who would later go on to do a bunch not of Not
0: Justin Long, just no, so you Justin Lin. We, we spoke about him uh, earlier, but we're not referencing Justin him. Justin Lin
2: would later go on to do a bunch of Fast and Furious movies. Oops. But it's just really really you would love you would love uh you would love this movie. Okay. It takes place in like I want to say 2001 or 2002, very 2000s. But it's about this group of like Asian kids who get involved in all this kind of uh, drug gang type activity. And it's like a very – and they end up killing a dude and they bury – it's very interesting movie. Like you have to see – if you guys out there haven't seen Better Luck Tomorrow, you've got to see this. But um, there, there's a scene in Harold and Kumar. It's after the extreme dudes are driving the way and one of them goes like, think you come again. And then the other one goes, better luck tomorrow. And I just thought it was oh, like really? such a little deep, uh, deep cut. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of really solid jokes in those movies. I forgot how funny they were. I was uh,
0: quite impressed with it. They even so, had
2: Harold and Kumar 3D. I forgot about that.
0: There, there. I, 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 don't want to bring it back to this too much, but I, I did want to, I did want to finish my notes on this, this movie because we were talking about it on yes. um, the Ninja Batman <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Though that is interesting. I do, I do want to check that out, and I'd, I'd love to talk about that on a later date. But, um. There were a few references um, on Ninja Batman that I felt deeply connected to one of the best Joker media, uh, media that has ever been created was uh, The the Killing Joke, which we've, we've talked about before. Yeah. Jason Todd's Red Hood, which has in multiple times been uh, referenced as... Uh, a recreation of the Joker's Red Hood from uh, from <clears throat> The Killing Joke, where he originally became the Joker. His Red Hood uh, looked like the original one. On the movie, it looked like the original Red Hood where it was awkwardly tall, and it was oddly shaped. Um, it looked like a Japanese version of it where it was like made of wicker kind of... Uh, it was patchy. Uh, but, it, Jason Todd's red hood looked like the Joker's red hood where it was tall and awkwardly shaped. And then there was a rooftop scene between Batman and the Joker where the Joker sort of forced Batman to decide whether or not he was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to give too much away here. This is sort of a spoiler. Uh, if you are still... I'm trying to give you ample time to pause and skip ahead. If you...
2: If you haven't skipped yeah, ahead by now, you deserve to be spoiled. You deserve
0: to be spoiled. So what happens is Batman does throw him off the off the roof. Mm-hmm. But then Batman throws his batarang and saves him. And Batman is left there kind of panting like... <sighs> Like I was actually gonna kill him, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and uh, it reminds me of the ending to killing joke where he it ends ambiguously, where Alan Moore leaves you in suspense, wondering, does Batman kill him right now, <laughs> like right. where yeah. Batman comes to this very existential <laughs> reasoning where he wonders is the only way out of this to actually kill him, yeah, that's kind of the
2: perpetual um. I feel like ever since they did that originally in The Killing Joke, that moment has, they've used that a couple times where it's not quite the same, but it's like similar to that where it's like you can really tell Batman's uh, struggling with that. Mm -hmm.
0: And one of the reasons why I really love The Killing Joke is because of the uh, connection that Batman has with the Joker in that one. Uh the Joker tells a tells a joke and I I never forget this from the first time I fucking heard it where um Batman has the Joker fucking dead to rights they're they're on a rooftop and Batman and Batman is begging him he's like don't make me kill you please like he's like just come with me let me put you away let's just end all this madness and the Joker says you know why I can't do that right it's like this this reminds me of a joke. <clears throat> two two madmen escape from a mental asylum one night, and they climb onto the roof. And they look across, and um, one of them jumps to the next rooftop easily, doesn't even think about it. The other one looks, and he's scared, and he doesn't want to jump across. So the other one shines a light, across with his flashlight and he says don't worry I'll just shine this light across and you can walk across the beam and the one who's afraid looks at him and says what do you think I'm crazy you'll just turn it off as soon as I'm halfway between the buildings Mm. and that is uh, referential to the relationship that the Joker and Batman have with each other neither one can trust the other to do what they're supposed to do the joker is a is a killer and a madman and batman is a fucking crazy person too they're both insane obviously batman puts on a fucking bat costume and fights criminals against the law Mm -hmm. and um neither of them can trust the other to the to the uh extent of falling off of a building but um it it's just a it's an interesting reference point for the characters but anyway uh i felt like that was a a an interesting point at the end of that movie uh, where it kind of touched on that. But it, it didn't mention the joke. It just really was uh, was a matter of perspective being on the rooftop and throwing him off and deciding whether or not he was going to kill him in the end. And in the killing joke, he it doesn't really show if Batman kills him or not. It just has this moment where they both start laughing their asses off together, and it's very critical of each other's character. It's very, mm-hmm. like, you remember that, Matt? Mm-hmm. Where they, yeah it's mm-hmm. it's it's very telling of each other's characters but uh yeah i thought i thought that was very very interesting how they kind of touched on that in an entirely different batman story
2: you know what i started thinking of
0: hmm.
2: just right now <laughs> i can't i can't stop thinking about harold and kumar now and <laughs> i was thinking since we were talking about bill and ted earlier what if they did a Harold and Kumar, Bill and Ted crossover?
0: Uh well Harold and Kumar really is kind of like the newer Bill and Ted because Bill and Ted was the stoner pair of did, fucking did guys. Bill and Ted
2: I haven't seen Bill and Ted in a really long they time. Didn't they didn't smoke, smoke weed. weed. On it was kind show. of like PG. That, right? it,
0: it was before it was really okay to just like smoke weed on TV. Like you couldn't be protagonists and smoke weed. Yeah back then.
2: Yeah, no, 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 no. If Bill and Ted had been made in two thousand and one, they would have smoked weed, because that was basically you know you had like dude it was very like that's when it became mainstream. You had like dude where's my car where they're both yeah. stoners and
0: what's uh what's the guy's name that played death on Bill and Ted 2? Do you know? No,
2: I would have to go back. I know you're talking that about. Up real quick? Yeah,
0: I gotta look that up. Uh, I love that actor. He's really Ted's good. Journey, right? Bill, and a... journey, yeah. mm-hmm. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, right? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, yeah. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey.
2: Yeah, the guy... Yeah. Fuck, I forgot about that guy. William Sadler. William he's, Sadler. He's great. He was in... Uh, fuck, he's been in... That guy's been in a lot no, of movies. No, that guy's
0: been in a lot of movies.
2: Shawshank Redemption. hmm Disturbing Behavior. Oh, he was the guy from fucking... Uh, what do you call it? He was in a uh, fucking... There's uh, a Bordello... No, not yeah, Bordello.
0: Yeah, yeah, Not Bordello of Blood. Tales from the Taylor, Crypt, Demon Taylor, Knight.
2: Demon Knight.
0: Yeah. I love that movie. Demon Knight was good. Billy Zane? Yeah, and Billy And fucking, uh, What's Dude, her Billy name? Billy Zane is so charismatic in that movie. What's her name? I don't know. Uh... The fucking... The... Bill... Or, uh... Jada, Smith, Smith? Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, Bill Smith. That was, that, was, uh, that, was Kim, that was Kim's
2: first opportunity to, to yeah. ever assist on the podcast. Yeah, and she just she blew, blew it. She completely
0: blew it. Kim just <laughs> fucked up majorly. Um, No, Jada Pinkett. Hey, do you know? Good. Did you know I hugged Jada Pinkett Smith once? Really? Yeah. Oh. You never heard this story? No. All right, so uh, there's a band. Mm-hmm give you guys a little background here there's a band called wicked wisdom they're a metal band they opened for seven dust in about 2006 2007 anyway on my birthday at house of blues before the hollywood house of blues was uh closed down and uh jada pinkett smith under the alias jada corin sings for that band
2: what yeah i you know what i have heard this before i was on a uh she was on like a, a radio. She was yeah. being interviewed, and she talked about this.
0: So she talked about hugging me, or what? No. Uh, yeah, she was talking about how she. She's hugged like us. I met this white guy, <laughs> this and he was dude. so goddamn handsome. Yeah, and he just was like, yep, "That was it." No, uh, I saw. Her, I, she, no shit, got the show going. Like there was a band before them that nobody remembers because they fucking were not interesting, uh, and then. Uh, Wicked Wisdom really got the crowd going. I remember being upstairs and watching my dad start a mosh pit during Wicked Wisdom. Wow. And uh, it was super funny. My dad's a fucking gangster. She and performed
2: at Ozfest in 2005.
0: Yeah. They were great, dude. They were. I, I don't know how good their songs are, because I haven't listened to them since, but they were very good live and uh very exciting band. They had a great energy. And uh, I saw her by the door to... I didn't know it was Jada Pinkett Smith at the time. Mm-hmm. I but I, I saw her by the door when near the exit, and I was like, I was like, you guys were so amazing, and she was like, oh, thank you, and she grabbed me and gave me a hug, wow. all fucking sweaty. I got Jada Pinkett sweat all over me. <laughs> she seems like a really cool like she's awesome to earth kind of. And back person. in Demon Night days, she was fucking hot. Yeah, that was a young yeah. Jada Pinkett but Smith. Young, yeah. young sexy jada pinkett getting uh getting fucking um getting what what would you call it like it was
2: borderline uh kind of erotic
0: yeah it was she was kind of very erotic under she was being swooned by billy zane yeah that makes sense to me i don't know and you know
2: who wouldn't be swooned by billy zane
0: who wouldn't be swooned by billy zane before he did all those awful movies, dear God.
2: Yeah, yeah, he hasn't had a good track record
0: as well. No, I think he must have fucked someone over in the Illuminati. Like, he fucked somebody's wife, and they were like, you're he only going to do well, sci-fi original classics. He probably classics. fucked
2: uh, Jada Pinkett Smith on the set of Demon Knight, and Big Willie style was, like, He's all, it. no you're not famous anymore.
0: That was after that. That was after that. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. Well... I think that is as good a place as any to yeah. to uh, leap off with. Um, I'm proud of you guys for hanging in. This is our longest podcast yet.
2: This was quite the podcast. We How long went, did
0: we go for, dude? We're almost three and a half hours in. <sighs> Man, can we hold it out for four more minutes to make it three three thirty? Mm, we could, but I feel like it would just be filler. Uh, at this point, <laughs> at this point, it would really just be extra yeah, shit. Take me to the gym and work out. Yeah. 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 Wrap this up. <clears throat> Matthew, I think we've done it again one more time. I'm super proud of this podcast. It was really awesome. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, come join me on my Instagram and Facebook page. Facebook.com slash BoneCatrone and Instagram ampersand BoneCatrone.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, join me on... ML underscore intrinsic resistance on Instagram. Also, Matt Reviews Media on Instagram. And, uh, yeah.
0: And, uh, for my sister, Kim loves Rupi on Instagram. <laughs> you can see all the pictures of her dog, Rupert. He's a yellow. He's, He's a yellow lab golden retriever mix. He's fat and lazy, and he will eat anything you hand to him.
2: Yeah. He likes, uh, treats, bones. And the he- in the beach
0: treats bones in the beach uh it has been a blast you guys thanks for joining us today this is a fucking lot of fun i fucking love this all right signing out matt last words peace out (laughs) thanks again have a good night